Blog Talk Radio. First World Order Radio, finally, finally, we are on the air. No doubt. All right, all right. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows, giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday is 8 o'clock. We are now going to make this is the hottest day of the week. Lovers in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the group based on value and natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air, same that your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding lovers in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the group based on value and natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air, same that your thoughts transmits it.
to expect is coming for you. Three, four, you better lock your doors. Five, six, get your crucifix. Seven, eight, X. Ain't no rooms to play in the expect house. And ain't enough time in the day to get your workout. I'm lurch opening doors. Doing more with less. Enjoying the route explored. Jump aboard. Starship triple sevens. We can split slip trip straight to the heavens. You may push your legs and get vexed. I'm dressing all black like a hex. Guess who's next? Not in the lower self, not in the vagina, not in the penis. 
I know I use these new words, but this is grown folk music right here. Teach your youth, teach your kids, teach your children, help them grow and generalize their experience. Remember, in order for one to expound and to explain their experience, they must go through the experience. Peace, love, expect none. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's another Tips and Tricks Tuesday on First World Order Radio. Checking in. Hard day. Hard day workout, young day, what we call it. Around here. Get thanks. Um, first and foremost, give thanks to those who came before and those who come after. I say, I say. All right. That, that's peace. You know, peace and love to all. Um, I want to say peace to the fam out there. I'll be up and around the way on the what's um, on the equinox in a couple of days, equal days and nights next weekend. No, weekend after next. You know, you haven't heard much from me, but uh, I'm still around here working hard, hard as working. <laughs> peace, peace and love. Um. Peace to the First World Order family and to the family in general out there, everyone. It's been a nice week getting into uh, going into autumn. Got this, this Indian summer jumping off right now. People catching those little colds. You know, keep uh, this time of the year is good to purge, start getting your biting the seeds in for any route. It doesn't matter. Just, Supplement, which is good, or just eating oranges and grapefruits. Grapefruits and oranges, especially grapefruits without sugar, we don't don't add nothing to it. It's a good way to purge the system and prepare it for winter as well. So you have a you know available vitamin C stored in the liver throughout that time and that process. Remember, the kidneys is a is a um, it's a winter function, so we want to keep the kidneys warm going into in the winter as well because it's water is a water it's water. It's a water function and it's a seat of emotions as well. So we got all this heat that's been jumping off in the summertime. It's it'd be good to circulate some of that blood while rubbing your hands together briskly and then doing the kidney rub going in the winter. So we'll keep them you know, kidneys from freezing up because it's the water element. The water element of course, when it's cold outside, I means it's in there. That's therefore we had those, you know, those stiff backs and you know, pain in our legs because uh, the water's freezing up, so to speak. But we might not have enough water in there at all to keep warm. If we are, um, we do have um, blood circulate properly. But all in all, you know, that's a good exercise. Rub your hands together, then briskly rub down from your kidneys to your lower back, and let the fluid or the yang, the yin aspect, the water. Going to the legs where there's yang, a lot of blood from standing and moving. If we if we uh, move around throughout the day, a lot of something like that being on our feet. So you know, doing that kidney rub, especially this time of the year, walking into going into uh, into autumn and winter. Just get that that's a good one. Grapefruits, oranges. It's uh, good to start putting into the system. Start purging up a little bit. Um. I sense that everything and everyone is doing well out there. 
Likewise, you know, ditto. Had a nice week, I guess. I can't complain. It's a waste of time and breath, but that's the case. You know, it's all good in the hood. So this week, tonight's episode is entitled The Alchemistry of Man. We'll get into it in a few minutes. I want to go over the watch it. Hey, not to lose meditation. Read something out of. Let me put this up real quick. Read something out of uh, first world order. First world order. Um, a doctor. Let me pages. Starting page two thirteen over to two seventeen. A bits and pieces of notes. Alright. Another name for Vasata is Washita, meaning mother and father of the mystics, which is an indigenous new transliteration and the original pronunciation of the word Washita. The word Washita the same meaning as the ancient Tamaran or Kamaat Egyptian word Washita or Washet. And in fact, derived from it, from immemorial, from immemorial, from immemorial, the symbol of the winged sun disk, Washit, has been used to signify freedom and expansion, mind, soul, Ra'atan. In the ancient Egyptian Tamarian, Tamorian myth of Osa, it is said that Haru defeated Set by becoming Washit of the winged sun disk, the all-encompassing divinity. Heru defeated Set by becoming the Urwashet, the sacred form of Urwashet, the winged sun disk with two uray, symbolizes the goddess Nekapit, Kangala, electrical positive on the right, and the goddess Swashit, either magne- magnetic, negative on the left. Thus it was decreed by Jehuti, wisdom, that the Urwashet's to be seen decorating every temple as the protection from evil. All right, going over to the next section of the page is uh, 216. The Agra Haru taps into the 64 permutations of DNA, 22 codon major amino acids, proteins, the building blocks of life, which forms the physical body, and the other 42 non-codon Amino acids are activated by divine speech, Jehuchi, reality. Forty-two books of Jehuchi, the Emerald Tablets, and etc. Or, recita- or um, recita- recitation of Ma'at's truth, the wife of Jehuchi. Forty-two Nefiru gods for forty-two laws, officially called Ma'at Iri Nefiru Ra. Um, the two Kati's are in the Hindu Vedic text as. The Ida and Pangala and Sekamat as the Sushumana, Kundalini, Shakti, Shiva. Hold on. Oh, yeah, right here. The next page. Right. All right, uh, 217. According to Nuke Anetir by Shakim, or Shakim Rabu Anetir, meaning the Wajets, or Wajets, is another reference to the eyes of Ra and of Peru. Looks and Fuch, the watch. The meanings of strong strength, command, and protection are associated with the brain, commander's strong names, statutory laws. That's the so called Ra. The Washat 
features prominently in the story of the battle of Haru against Eve, Set, or Sut, Haru. The Haru equals spirit force operating through the core of the sun, solar core of earth, the heart, and the cardiovascular system, the will, also the brain center as the pineal gland. It is the left eye of Haru that was injured, taken by Set, and had to be restored by Jehudi, the principle of wisdom, God's omniscience the mystic marriage of the sun and moon in its spiritual and inoperative sense is the union of soul and spirit to form the Gnostic Noah, Christos, um, Christ, Karas. The Gnostic religion was an offshoot of the said Egyptian mysteries, Haka, or Harbak teachings. Now the left eye links up on the right hemisphere of the brain. The meaning of roots also, or watch also, associated with the brain. The right side of the brain processes information visually and is responsible for the spiritual life of man, the mind. It governs meaning and understanding. Excuse me. It governs meaning and understanding. The left side of the brain processes verbal information but cannot assemble the strings of information to enable understanding. Verbal, auditory, hearsay, Thinking breaks up the whole into segregated and unconnected parts. The right side draws consciousness in, while the left side kicks it outwards into the physical realm. That's the experience versus experience. The verbal, auditory, hearsay thinking breaks up the whole into segregated and unconnected parts. The right side draws consciousness in, experiencing, while the left side kicks it outward into the physical realm. That's experience. But we have to go to the experience in order for the inside to uh, be able to build an understanding, understanding. Evil in man is therefore the results of the dominance of the left brain thinking over the right side. The awakening and development of the right side requires spiritual teachings and living truth. Another meaning of washa associates it with weighing. We use the concept of weighing in association with reason which is a process that looks at an idea in relationship with others in order to determine the legality of conclusions and judgments. Reasoning is thus a right-brain-dominant activity, as the left brain cannot relate ideas to each other. The left brain is always so that this is always separating things together as one whole. All right, so finally we find that the Washington of Peru is used by the latter as a chief means of resurrecting or soft. Um, prayer medicine or Freemason, a child of the light, Musa, Osiris, the resurrected Osiris, then I hear the use of the will guided by the right hemisphere of the brain, seat of my eye, truth, is the chief mental function for the resurrection of the divine within. The lawful will is the protection of life. It was the living of truth in life that protected the man, mind, in the afterlife. All right. Um, reason I meant to say this because uh, we're going to go over the the Wajet Kainakaru, and I was reading. I was, you know, just reading over through the week, and then it that um, jumped out at me. I'm like, whoa, hold on, Wajet. And then I was like, yeah, Wajet, right there. You know, nothing mean about this green or you know emerald. Um, and then I was like, of course, you know, like hold on, yeah, Wajet. And then Haru is the last word of the um, the, the t- 
title of this meditation, Wajit Hei Nakaru, it basically means the green infinite intelligence of the celestial order. Uh, Haru, another meaning of Haru is uh, celestial order, fine order. Nag is wisdom, so that's uh, intelligence. Hei is infinite, and Wajet is uh, green or emerald. That's being the color of it. Yet, I noticed that it correlates. Everything pretty much ties in together as far as you got Wajet, um, the Wajet, meaning being another reference to the eyes of Ra and the resurrection of Haru or the um, one of the divinities within the story, is the child, you know what I'm saying, the resurrection of the child. This is, of course, an alchemical expression. It's a formula. Meditation, uh, is, I guess, I don't want to say I guess because it, it, it didn't, I didn't create this, so to speak. It's just something that was developed uh, through practice and uh, through learning different, uh, remembering different uh, other, other types of meditations. I pieced this one together, and it, it one of them was talked to me by Dr. Lane was the Wahe Peru. And I listened to the words as they went in. I'm like, okay. So I rearranged it a little bit as far as the um, – the, the dictation and the, and the words and the pronunciation of it. And I came up with Wajet. Uh, you know, instead of Wahey, Wajet, hey, then put Nag and Haru together and there it was. And I'm like, oh, thank you, ancestors. Now I'll go back and then, you know, it's all in one day, but it's, you know, it, span, it, it <laughs> spans out to a couple of weeks or months, months of, or actually a few years, but that's how that's how things work, you know. And shouldn't try to think or get things done and accomplish in one minute. It's not happening like that. So, the meditation seems to me to be a very powerful exercise to help one reunite or resurrect Haru, meaning um, bring the light back within the darkness. Darkness is the equivalent to ignorance in some aspects within the esoteric teachings. Darkness is uh, not knowing, and then being in the light is knowing. So we have to go through darkness not knowing or the condition of reality, the indoctrination, in order to bring back or resurrect or the, um, the light or the, the truth, my. So we go through darkness to get into the light. Like they say, what's done in the darkness will come into the light. So everybody has done something in the darkness, yet what I'm, what is really being implied in that statement is the personal relationship that we have with ourselves is going to be, it has the opportunity to re-embark back into its non-conditioned reality of being that light um, vessel or that vessel that carries the truth within it the hidden light of the intelligence. And uh, we are that best when we are the hidden light within, you know what I'm saying? So I added a new element to it where it came down, the wings. We have, yeah, imagine the wings when just towards the end of the meditation, we'll go over it, but towards the end of the meditation after the, the breaths, um, we're only going to do 
four, we'll do a seven in, in place of uh, nine or whatnot, but we're, we're not going to do as many tonight. And uh, just to walk through it and, and guide just for a minute, and then you and also add on the 42. Um, if if you would like to add on the 42, um, I am affirmations beforehand, so to go so that the truth or the matter, you know what I'm saying, will automatically go into heart because you know you breathe in. You breathe in the new pools like the person is new pool next to Rex. You sick next to Rex, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, I, I should be. <laughs> we should go over there. Yeah, you sick uh, Nimet. Foster, I am the Foster and uh, uh, new pool Hepkit. You know, new pool Fente. So when you breathe in, is uh, is is breathe in new pool. You sick uh, Nimet. Breathe out. Allow it to smile and love and energy and the tent of love. Let it go down to the heart and that's going to fuse with the blood and go to every cell. <clears throat> Pour itself. And like Nepharu, you are the Lord of the light. Breathe in. So that's going to help that resurrection of the light. You know what I'm saying? The resurrection of the celestial being that resides within that immortal, that immortal cell that we have. All right, so imagining the wings towards the end, when we breathe in, the red from after we put our hands together in the um, in the still in the mind mudra, where you hold your uh, right thumb with your left hand, right there at, your, at the sacral between the sacral and the root chakra, wherever it's comfortable, and you're still relaxing the shoulders and the lower back and everything. Then breathe in through that the red color going up straight to the palm gland. Then breathe back and breathe in two breaths, two sips through the mouth. Allow the while going down. Imagine the love energy going down. Then breathe back up, black the color black, and allow it to go straight out the, the um, palm gland region and out the back of the head where the soft spot is, the bindu spot. Allow it to go out that spot and be dangling, but right then. Start imagining the wings. Start imagining the hidden wings. You know what I'm saying? And that is uh, the finale. That's the eye. It just seemed perfect, you know. So that that black dot or whatever gonna come up, go right there in the center, and then imagine the wings on the left and right, right there. As you as you bring in that serpentine serpentine like uh, spiraling effect from the lower as it goes up to the sushimana of the spine and then comes out of the um toward goes straight to the palm gland but then shoots out with that uh that galaxy light uh what is called uh the uh intermedia something like that uh is galaxy like uh cloud of, of gas right there right above the palm gland little mothership in the building hero you know the lights God right there. You know what I'm saying? So Nupu Nekharu, which is one of the, you know what I'm saying, one of the um, 42 I am affirmations. So go right there and let it shoot out that spot at the um, at the gate Bindu, and then when it's circling, you see that circle there right there in the center, right in the center, target on it, then allow the wings to come out left and right. This is the balancing aspect along with those 
breaths from going left and right, left and right, left and right. So that's thousands, that's right brain. Getting that right brain to uh, refocus is positive, powerful energies so that we have more of a discernment with the left brain. So the left brain won't be so active in its logical manner and we can be circumspective, so to speak, circumspective and, and you know, be able to look at ourselves in a slower manner. Because once the right brain gets there, we, we can actually see things in a little slower, more apparent, not so abrupt and, uh, and uh, spastic as it is, you know, like reading newspaper. You know, that logical brain. So that I want to just uh, speak on that real quick. Now we're going to go over that. For a few minutes, uh, about like 15 minutes, it might take. But beforehand, I go. I it's a preparatory type of state that I like to be in when I meditate. We're not gonna go through all that. I I go through personally. I do what I call the the um, Buddha Buddha Dallas breath. Went over before where you uh, you uh, breathe in. Then you inhale is the energy breath is what it's called. One is the energy breath. The regular is, is uh, regular breathing, regular deep, um, deep uh, breathing into into the um, lower abdomen. Then the other one is the energy breath where you breathe the abdomen into the spine on the inhalation. I do that a few times to gather the kundalini energy, so to speak, and to be able to uh, allow that gradient of uh, energy to wake up. And then, you know, after that, personally, I'll do the, we'll, we'll do this tonight as well, the intent of uh, what we bring in, the mudra of, uh, of building the medical ball with the hand mudras, uh, with the, the pyramids at the pomegranate and the heart chakra, or the crown chakra, the heart chakra, and the root chakra with those colors. All right. So I'm gonna bring in. So I'm gonna put on um, a little Tibetan bowls. Ain't nothing wrong with that, you know. Try not to have it too loud, but have this right. So we'll begin with the um, building the Merkaba in tent. And Mudra was mantra. So, bringing your hands, you know, to the Buddha prayer hands into your solar plexus right there, the sternum, a lot of thumbs to like connect with your sternum. They don't necessarily have to touch, but if you want to get used to it, you can actually put your hand, your, your thumbs will fit there perfectly. I call it, I call those thumbs the key to unlock the heart. But this actually it actually helps with healing and other aspects by by enhancing the process of the vagus nerve, the wandering nerve, and the process of the olfactory nerves, which is the this is the uh, not the nose. And the connection as the vagus nerve is connected to the diaphragm, and we inhale, or we in heaven, and we breathe in through the nostrils, the oxygen push down into the diaphragm and your hands are right here actually being like I said enhanced or it's actually having a, a more prominent or powerful push 
by having your thumbs right there. It's actually, you can feel it in your, in like the muscles in your back when you breathe in somewhat because all of that is connect, connected to the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve disconnects, but it's also still connected all the way down to the sacrum with certain uh, nerves. So this is very, very beneficial in this process, in all processes of meditation, actually. Because breathing through the nose and uh, breathing down to your lower diaphragm frees those two um, nerves or you know, we have 12, 12 nerve groups or a group of 12 nerves that they equate to uh, different aesthetic values. But basically, this is the one, the 10th nerve, equaling 11, you know, so very powerful to be attentive of those two. All right, so we breathe in. Just to get relaxed, relax your shoulders all the way down to your feet. Just sink everything down to your feet and relax. Now, bring your hands into a pyramid shape where your index fingers are touching and place them over your head right there at your crown chakra. And we'll breathe in to the lower abdomen, making the stomach large like a beach ball. And then we're going to exhale out. Um, so breathe in. Go to the heart chakra a little deeper. Go to the root chakra a little deeper with um. Mmm. So ah, ah, um, ah, um. We went over it before, so we just go through it um, three more times. It's three. We do this three times. Right, so it's high on the first one. Go down an octave on the second one. Then a, go down another octave on the third one. We invert the hands so it's going down in the shape of the yoni or the upside down um, triangle. So the top one is the apex is up, and the heart at the heart chakra, the apex is still up, 
when we go to the chakra, the apex is turned upside down and whatnot. And we it's placed to the earth. And it's a lower, lower chakra. Oh. Now we bring the hands back up from the root chakra to the heart chakra. Take a breath and relax. Oh. So we take the breath and relax, and we go into the meditation. First, we clear the right. Okay, first, okay, we're gonna close off the right nostril with our right thumb, and while the right index finger is is pressed to the first eye center between the eyebrows. We begin to initiate the chin lock. The chin lock, remember, the chin is slightly tucked and then the neck comes up forward. Up just a little bit. So you tuck the neck, tuck the chin in, then bring the neck up a, a little touch so that the, the bending spot or the soft spot in the back of the head has a direct line. The past is to high to yourself. Alright, so we're gonna breathe in while holding this position, breathe into the lower abdomen, breathe out the nose, cleared of any mucus or anything that may be in that stuck pack. And then we close off the left side, still holding up index finger to the um, to the um to the first eye chakra. Breathe in clear out the right side. Now we switch back, alternate back, put the thumb, right thumb back on the right nostril. Keep that index finger right there on that on that center eye on the on first side the whole time. Then we breathe in through the left nasal passage. Okay, we breathe in for seven seconds. They hold, they close off, feeling 75% of the lungs. We close off uh, the uh, left passage, and then we start the pumps. All right, pumps, if you are uh, advanced, it's why, get, hey, doc, I'm going four times. So each breath, each time you say the word, you pump. So watch it, hey, doc, haru. 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 If you can handle that, you can do that uh, nine times to keep it minimal. Tonight, I'm still holding my nose, my bad. But if uh, you want to, if you can't do the nine, then you just go watch it, watch it, hey, not a rule. So it'd be like watch it, hey, not a rule. Watch it, hey, not a rule. So you pump it, watch it, hey, not a rule. Watch it, hey, not a rule. So each word would be split. Watch it, hey, out. Doc Haru out. So in watch it hey out. In Doc Haru out. But the four, it's kind of simple. I, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know, for me, maybe. But then we exhale out. After we do that nine times, exhale out the right nostril. Open up the right nostril. Exhale out the right nostril, seven seconds. Okay. All right, now we breathe in. Actually, we're going to do this four times because nine will be 
18 um, different, you know, because one pass equals both nostrils. So we'll do it four times. So now breathe in through the right nostril. Seven seconds. Close it off. Here, watch it. Hey, Dr. Roos. Watch it. Hey, Dr. 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 After nine times, breathe out the left nostril. Seven seconds. Then rest for three seconds. Don't forget the perineum lock or the uh, root lock. You bring up perineum when you breathe in. Breathe in. So seven seconds, breathe in. Then close off the right, I mean the left nostril. Bring it, keep it the perineum up. Or the pumps is going to be like the will go in and out. Just keep it. Remember to focus on all your locks. So watch it. Hey, not Watch it. Hey, not Watch it, hey, stop, guru. 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 Breathe out the right nostril. There's one pass. Rest for three seconds. Breathe in the right nostril. You're holding the index finger at the first option. Breathe the peridial, chin lock is still active, and watch it, hey, dog, the moves. Watch it, hey, dog, kaboom. 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 Breathe out left nostril. Breathe in the left nostril. Watch it. Hey, Dr. Root. 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 Breathe out the right nostril. Three. Breathe in the right nostril. Bring up the peridial. Chair lock is still active. Watch it. Hey, dog, 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 Breathe out the left nostril. Normally, I don't uh, say it out loud. I normally do it so vocally. But at any rate, breathe in the left nostril. It's the last pass. All the locks active. Watch it. Hey, Dr. Root. 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 out the right nostril. 
making the stomach go as flat as possible towards the spine. Relax. Breathe. Breathe in. This is your last one. Breathe in. The right nostril. Make your stomach large like a beach ball. Close off the right nostril. Now watch it high. Watch it, hey, dot, 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 And breathe out the right, the left nostril. Now, the hand, or you could have had your hand in a wisdom mudra, your left hand, and the right hand is the hand that you use to hold the nostril with the index finger at the um, first eye center. Left hand could be in a wisdom mudra where you hold your uh, index finger and your thumb together with the other three fingers relaxed, and you press in at the fingernail, exactly base, pound of one. Every group pressing at the thumb, fingernail. Hold it right there and press it down. You'll see like a little spark right there in the bottom. After a while, you keep deeper into meditation. Okay, so after that, put your hands together and holding the mind mudra where your thumb is holding. I mean, your um, left hand is holding the thumb. Okay, so from here, we're going to breathe in through that spot. The yin and yang type symbols. Right there's a spiraling effect too. So breathe into the blue chakra, the color red, allow it to go up to the palm gland instantaneously. And breathe in two more sips and allow it to go down instantaneously back to the root chakra and then come back up as the color black and go straight out the bindu spot, the soft spot behind the head. Like there's a spiraling effect right there. And it's, a, it's a circle, it's an orb. Then allow two wings to expand from the center all the way out to the left and right. Now start the count of 81 to 108 heartbeats. So you're breathing in, bring it up to the pommel gland, and breathe back down. Black, and then come back up and out, soft spot. Begin the counts. One, two, three, four, five, six. 
So the the um when we breathe in through the nose the seven seconds after after we put our hands together and the whole grasping you know, holding the mind, uh, mudra by the grasping the right thumb with our left hand, that breath in the nose initially, that's the acolyzing breath. And the breath, the two sips of breath through the mouth is the acidifying breath. So and that's why it's a little shorter. We don't want too much acidic values going in the body. So cooling the body off for seven seconds and then through the mouth for those two sips. And we allow the energies to connect and go straight up together, left and right, and then breathe back down the color green after 81 to 108 heartbeats. Then from there, relax and sit still and do nothing. It's the best time to really gather yourself. But after this, usually after the breathing out, you're gonna really feel that that uh, energy, that uh, shakti energy going up to the spine and uh, going back to the gland area, infusing life and light back in that, in that realm for self-actualization and healing of yourself as well as others. Healing first is the most important aspect of alchemy. We'll get into it. We're about to go into it as we speak. So go into the microcosmic orbit after that or the macrocosmic and uh, you know, do that a few rounds. Gather yourself after you first, you know, relax for a few minutes. Just gather yourself, you know, because this is a very powerful meditation. This is one of the, it's an advanced meditation that you can't really notice. I, I've been through the initiatory type of meditations where they simple, just you know, just breathing technique. Then I went through other meditations where they became more intermediate where it's like, you know, you're adding words or power along with the hand uh, move, the hand movements or whatnot. And then, you know, went into more advanced meditations where it's not just um, words of power, it's uh, the actualization of connecting with that power and that energy within and, and opening up those uh, portals or those doorways that have been locked. And, but that, that process right there this is, like I said, an advanced type of meditation, so you may want to stick with some of the uh, you know, the basic ones, but you can do this meditation, but maybe not as many breaths as uh, stated. Like tonight, we just did four. You know, I think I mentioned to do nine, 15, 18 reps. You know what I'm saying? I, I may do nine. I started out and I was doing 18. That was like hectic, but you know, Time for me, and I, I might do I might do 15, but normally, you know, how to hustle and bustle is I get that nine in, which is equivalent to 18, because you got to do you're doing both sides, and that's equals one. Yet yeah, you still, you know, watch it head not karu, so that watch that karu, the eye is right there. You just wait, you know, we resurrect and root through this process right here, so. Um, it, you will have different type of uh, experiences through this, as well as experiences. You know, if you if you want to, um, I would really like to know how you guys are feeling on that. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it is all good. You know, I mean, each is on, but it's best to let someone who has done it before. Like I said, I didn't create this, but I, I don't know. I might be. 
only person that does it in this manner. You know what I'm saying? So I, I went through it for about three months straight every day. Same time every day. Same spot. You know what I'm saying? Three months. And uh, I saw the effect. I saw the magnetization. I saw how it was magnetized in certain things, but inside and outside. I mean, you know, I was doing other things as well, but that right there really put the, you know, put the uh, icing on the cake somewhat on certain things. Like, I just started noticing, you know, certain things to get cut off and other things were starting to grow, which is powerful. And, I, and it's very positive as I um, reflect on it now. All right. Thanks. Uh, Peace and blessings to 806. I see. So we're going to go into the topic of discussion tonight, alchemistry of man. You know how uh, I like to break down the edamon on it first. So English speaking in English now. So alchemy uh, from mid-1400 from old French alchemy uh, from medieval Latin alchemia from from Arabic alchemia from Greek chemia founded um, 300 um, Christian era or common era in a decree of Diocletian Diocletian against the old writings of the Egyptians, all meaning alchemy, perhaps from an old name for Egypt, Chimia. Chimia, literally, land of black. So, man, um, in etymology, as far as English is concerned, or from different directions of English, of course, English is a bastard language. His is, is mama and daddy is a uh, it's Africa, of course, you know, I'm Afrikaans. So English derived, English is like 63% um, metanetta. So old English man, man, human being or person, uh, man, hero, servant, vassal, from proto-Germanic, um, manwas, old high German man, um, Danish man, Gothic manner, from the um, proto uh, Proto-Indian European root man, cognates of Sanskrit, Manu, Mazi, old church, Slavonic, man or male, um, meaning men to think or one who is intelligent. So it can be, it can mean from my own perspective of knowing that Kim, meaning black or whatnot, dark, Al, Meaning the, of course, you know, the black intelligence or the dark intelligence, the dark light. So um, that's alchemy from the perspective of the English um, derivation of alchemistry or alchemy. So we have alchem, meaning chem, meaning, um, or also basically. Uh, black or dark, and man can also mean hero. So it's the dark hero, the black hero, the dark hero. Hero meaning light, so the dark light. Again, so uh, brave man or hero comes from old English man or mind, human being, person, brave man, hero. All right, 
now go into um, alchemistry of man and um, the metanetic sense. Of course, we're going to change the R to an R. We're going to change that L to an R. The R's and L's are interchangeable. So we change that L out to R. We have R. R means to tie together. Then we have Kim. Kim means dark. It also means shrine. To put it into, to see, to be unknown, to be ignorant, to overthrow or destroy. So it means... uh, Tie together is what I'm gonna use, but R R means to tie together. I'm gonna use Kim as meaning unknown or to to be unknown or to be ignorant, to be unknown basically. Then throne, seat, habitation, or home. And I'm gonna utilize um basically I'm saying that's the known, because that's the seat, that's the um that's physical reality, I said, or what, we call, or what it's called in the Kabbalah sense. It's called your side. All right, so um, then we have, oh, also, yeah, um, also, five men, many, multitude, to behold, to tremble, and oppression. So multitude is known. It's what's known as well. Habitation, habitation is what's known. All right, so re, or re is a door, an opening, a mouth, and it's also a chapter of mysteries. Um, that they like to pray to Malu. And it's uh, also worms. Man means daily. Daily. So, what I deciphered out of Akim is three, or Akim Astre Man, Akim Akim Astre, man meaning daily. So, to daily, all meaning to tie together, to daily tie together, um, Re meaning the uh, chapter of mysteries. So, to daily tie together the chapter of mysteries. And that's again uh chapter of mysteries is watch it. Watch out now. So the chapter of mysteries is watch it. The daily tie together the chapter of mysteries. Um and then known is the multitude that's asked, you know, many multitude to behold, to tremble, to behold, to behold something. It must it must be known. And then the unknown is Kim, uh, meaning to be unknown. A shrine as well, but uh, you know, so just to keep it a little simple, to daily tie together the chapter of mysteries that are known and unknown, if that's simple, you know, but that's Akim Astri of Mind, Mind meaning daily, all meaning to tie together, um, Re meaning a chapter of mysteries, um, As meaning known, and Kim meaning unknown. So to daily tie together the chapter of mysteries that are known and unknown. So there are even mysteries that are unknown. Well, no, mystery means unknown, basically. It's a mystery to some. We know so we know the mysteries. You know, the mystery is that there's nothing going on. What is it going on? 
what you know, actualizing things from internal uh, elements. The understanding is built that truth is inevitably nothingness, no thing. The balance is the experience going back into the indwelling intelligence of nothing, no thing. Yeah, so today we tie together the chapter of mysteries that are known and unknown. And I'm just going to go through, I like doing this, but anyway, so um, the last few uh, blogs, this one, Akim Asre Man, Imuatuarabadi, Muaraku Rasbadi, Harugram, so we have, in breaking all them down, some daily tied together the chapter of mysteries that are known and unknown. The divine being that exists within the water, bringing harmony to earth and fire, contributing to the divine soul. You are the life and light of the sun that rises from the south, giving praise to the divine soul. A sign of the two that protects one who is aware of the breath of intelligence. A sign that opens the eye of the two that protects the illuminating, undifferentiated, fertile cosmic spirit, the silent light of the mind, the mysterious blessings that are about to happen. Uh, S-T-O-P, stop sign, that's a sign of the two that protects one who is aware of the breath, life, the intelligence, the sign that opens, the eye of the two that protects the illuminating, undifferentiated, fertile cosmic spirit. That was on that stop, um, the stop episode, hologram, that's hologram, you know, Change the L to an R, Haru Gram, Goraam. Haru meaning light, Gur meaning silent, and Am meaning brain. So I transform that over to mind, um, the silent light of the mind. And her, Manaj Shots, that's a mindset or the higher mindset, the last blog. I mean, uh, yeah, um, that's uh, the mysterious blessings that are about to happen. So this one is basically to daily tie together the chapter mysteries that are known and unknown. That means the daily process, something that, you know, I wake up in the morning and just do it all over again. It's all one day. So, you know, stay in the moment. You know what I'm saying? There won't be no complaints because you always feel that same way the next day. Ain't nothing going to change. It's your hologram. So once we start having a, some type of ill effects, somebody else's, uh, you know, Controlling that hologram and putting their own little light. The little light of mine, I won't let it shine. So, you want your light to shine properly. Some of these exercises, like that, watch it, hey, not the room meditation might be beneficial. It, it, it has helped me somewhat. So I've been doing it for about a year now. That per that one, the Wahe not the room. The Wahe the room was one I initially learned, and that one helped too. But uh, M-A-N, I also want to break that down, M-A-N, the acronym. We spoke on it before um, as far as in um, the Hebraic language. M has the um, meaning of um, mem. Mem is the 13th letter of the alphabet, of the Hebraic alphabet. Hold on one second. But um, mem is chaos, blood, and water, right? So um, it is the architect, archetype of the maternal creative principle, 
water, blood, and chaos. Um, the symbol is the waves, so it's like the wave form. A leaf is, um, and this is coming out of uh, the, out of uh, uh, this place, a page or something. This is coming out of uh, Kabbalah for the Modern World by Eugene Gonzalez Whippler, page 17. And um, Alif is leader, strength, power. Symbol is an ox head. You turn the A upside down, you got an ox head. It is the dual principle that represents all that exists and all that does not exist, positive and negative, life and death, the known and the unknown. You know what I'm saying? We go back up to uh, to Akim Astri, so Kim and Ast. You know, known and unknown. It's the black, you know, basically the ox head or the ox is in relation to a soft unknownness. Right? The leader, strength, power, the ox head, that's the energy, or you have the wave particle and its transference or whatnot going into Haru, Haru being N or, or um, the letter N. Which basically is uh, noon, meaning seed, air, or sun. And the symbol is a fish or seed. It's the archetype of all individual existences, meaning the physical reality. So the, that's the seed, that's the particle, basically from the waveform. As the waveform um, builds up enough energy or whatnot through the passage of the unknown dark matter, dark energy. It forms into a particle of light, photonic energy, and information is stored in there from um, the motherly type of uh, energy being the wave of, of nothing, basically, or the potential, and then forming into the light through the passage of that, elect- that electron or whatnot going into passage of uh, the energy, the dark energy, and becoming physical matter in place of just dark matter. So, man, M-A-N, Mem, Alif, Nun, is mother, father, child. Principles of alchemy or the alchemistry of man. So what is alchemy? Alchemy is the art of the manipulation of energies and the transformation of self. Going to uh, the fusion of the five elements um, and transforming negative emotions by Montauk page one. For more than 5,000 years, Dallas Masters researched and developed various methods to attain such desirable achievements as long life and happiness. Some of the methods they called external alchemy and these include the immortal pill, magic potions, crystals, crystal essences, flower essences, precious stones, and so forth. The highest Taoist masters, Taoist means the ultimate way, basically my masters, realized that external methods offered only limited help while building dependencies on materials that were difficult to come by. In their continued search for an unlimited source of energy, they to uncover the mysteries surrounding their own life forces. In this search, they discovered a universe within and found it to be identical to the outer universe. They knew that the outer universe harbored a tremendous force, 
and that the end of the universe of a human being could benefit from that force, that the two could somehow be connected. The Taoist masters reasoned that to become connected to the outer universe, they first needed to gain control of their own inner universe. They experienced this inner universe as a flow of energy or chi through their bodies, the microcosmic orbit running up the spine. Hold on one second. I like my information is getting cut. Uh, microscopic, microscopic orbit running up the spine. And uh, luckily, <laughs> I have the book right here, so I won't get cut too much. Um, that This is scanned onto my computer, and sometimes it's being this goes on the fritz. Um, the Dallas Masters reason that to become connected to the outer universe, they, needed, they first needed to gain control of their own inner universe. They experienced this inner universe as a flow of energy or chi through the body. The microcosmic orbit running up the spine and down the front of the body was uncovered as a pathway to which the distilled essence of this energy flows. They perceived that the microcosmic orbit connects three bodies, physical, soul, and spirit, within each individual and ultimately fuses them into one immortal body. It was with this perception that the study of internal alchemy began. The art of alchemy includes, this is uh, my notes right here, the art of alchemy includes transmuting negative energies into positive, clairvoyance, healing, and distance healing, transmutation of self and self-actualization, reaching enlightenment, keeping the body healthy and slowing aging, studying the principles of energies, and studying the nature of time and creation. This is out of this right here is coming from the Comedic Diet by Dr. Mwatha Ashby, pages two oh five and two oh six. Um this is uh, the story where Jehuti restores to um, to Haru the Wajak's eye, which said had blinded in the Osarian resurrection saga, Haru's eye was damaged. Um in mystical terms, Jehuti who symbolizes Pure divine intellect helps Saru to regain the divine vision and successfully meet the supreme child of the light, overcome his set or evil, the lower self, anger, hatred, greed, spiritual ignorance, egoism, fear, and etc. He restored the eye which symbolizes divine, um, divine consciousness. He accomplished this healing process through teachings which bring wisdom and leads to right thinking and right acting. These teachings led to freedom from stress and mental imbalance. Thus, the ultimate and only true purpose of healing is to restore divine consciousness. This is to be considered optimal health. This was the basis of the medical profession as Jehuti was the god of all doctors. The symbol of the Aafaru, which was repaired by Jehuti, is still with us to this day in the form of the symbol of the pharmacist. It is used as an emblem denoting the drugstore and and medications for healing. It is an evolution from the alchemy um, that was practiced in medieval Europe, which was itself based on the medical science of ancient Egypt. The lineage of the symbol can be traced from the Alfaru symbol down to the pharmacy symbol of modern times. Alchemy was the primitive form of chemistry practiced in Western Europe in the Middle Ages. Alchemy involved the search for the philosopher's stone, which is a mystic process for transmuting material from state to state and worldly consciousness to divine consciousness. It was based on the ancient Egyptian concept of the underlying unity of all matter and the unity of man with the universe. Simply put, the teachings and alchemical practitioners 
uh, existed in China and India during the Middle Ages as well of similar teachings and alchemical practices, practitioners existed in China and India during the Middle Ages as well. Um, back to the notes. The center, I, if y'all didn't know, I'm a writer. This is uh, my passion. I love to write. So I write this stuff through the week and whatnot, and, and I take notes. Some of us already been, uh, some of us already wrote. I wrote it throughout the years. One thing Dr. Valentine taught, in his class is to keep your notes and, and always write. Whatever's on your mind, just write it down. And I've always loved to, well, whatever, I've always uh, enjoyed expressing myself through, um, through writing. And uh, expressive writing is very positive. It helps you vent off certain things. And it also brings about a higher sense of intelligence because you're dealing with intelligence through these letters. All right, so the center of the creative process takes place in the heart of man. So, therefore, intentions take on intense meaning. They can now influence the destinies of the cosmos. This state is known as the production of the philosopher's stone or diamond body. The philosopher's stone may be equated with the immortal body of the hidden light. Alchemy aims for the experience of spiritual rebirth through the union of opposites or the sacred marriage. The philosopher's stone is also symbolic of the seed thought or the point. It's the child of a sacred marriage, which has been described in alchemy as the union of the sun and the moon with electromagnetic energy. These polarized points are symbolized as positive, negative, male, female, God, devil, spirit, matter, mother, father, and etc. The marriage between these two points creates a bond where the two opposing forces begin to complement each other and are united in an image which transcends both original possibilities. The art of the alchemy of man is contained within the image of a divine child, as in Haru in the mystical storyline of the Prince Emperor coming forth into the light. One of the key alchemical goals is to create an internal body for post-mortal continuation of the spirit and the soul, a radiant body of intelligent photonic zero-point energy. This is out of the Nock Homily Library, the Gospel of Thomas. It states that Jesus saw infants being suckled. He said to his disciples, These infants being suckled are like those who enter the kingdom. They said to him, Shall we be in his children into the kingdom? Jesus said to them, When you make the two one, and when you make the inside like the outside, and the outside like the inside, and the above like the below, and when you make the male and the female one and the same, so that the male not be male, nor the female female, fashion eyes in the place of an eye, and hand in the place of a hand, and a foot in the place of a foot, and a likeness in the place of a likeness. Then when you enter the kingdom, basically that means when you become the creator of self and actualize self and self-realization and whatnot, then that's when you will be able to enter the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. You, the kingdom is, is inside, you know what I'm saying, so. You know, once we connect left and right back and have a unification of self through the cells and whatnot, then that's when that that process of uh, being able to actualize the kingdom. The kingdom is um, Malkut. That's the tenth seat of the spirit of the, um, of the tree of life or whatnot. It's right there in the root chakra. Entering the kingdom, not, you know what I'm saying, saying the kingdom physically outwardly, but the kingdom where the eight 
um, primordial cells reside, meaning that, you know, the blastular cells, the mitosis, being able to use those energies is very positive. So the deep, going back to the, um, the read, the deep nature of the mortal body of the head light and the energy body is that there is, is that these are in essence the same light. We all have a light-filled body. Transformation is self-realization at the deepest levels of being. Yet mental and emotional resistance is as real as electrical resistance. Space can be viewed as the womb of creation, and the physics of photon variation reflects not only nature but our nature. Spiritual traditions have spoken about emanation within the divine and illumination since the dawn of human history. Now science is learning just how literal the experience of light is and the interactive mechanisms it personifies in our completeness. This is out of an African origin of electromagnetism. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, by Nur Amin, page 73. Uh, it says right here, King Ted is also depicted with his etheric double and like Ra, named Tutak Amin. Expresses the hidden source of light. All living systems have electromagnetic phantoms. The phantoms of atoms and molecules are called photons. They are the essence of nuclear life governing the energy states of the material world. All right, so spiritual traditions have spoken about emanation within the divine and illumination since the dawn of human history. Now science is learning just how little that experience of light is and the interactive mechanisms it personifies in our completeness. Space can be viewed as the womb of creation. The physics of photon variation reflects not only nature, but our nature as well. Then it has some reflection. We all have a light-filled body. Transformation is self-realization at the deepest level of being. The reason I put that there is because atoms and molecules are called photons, and they are the essence of nuclear life governing the energy states of the material world. Science is now learning just how literal that experience of light is the interactive uh, personifications within our own completeness, meaning the whole message. Within the conceptual symbolism of alchemy is the square circle. It is a glyph that symbolizes the philosopher's stone. The philosopher's stone is basically the holy grail of alchemy, a substance that supposedly transformed lead into precious metals such as gold or silver or used in the creation of a elixir of life that gifted the drinker with immortality. Taking this as a literal object is not recommended, especially in the context. So I placed that on the, um, the shots at the, on the, what you call it, on, on uh, the actual blog talk. Uh, the picture, I placed that, uh, the image of the philosopher's stone, a pyramid with a circle encased around it and uh, an inner circle and a square. The innermost circle can be interpreted as the harmony of, of, of the two sexes and the two natures of humanity with each other. It's somewhat similar to the Chinese Tai Chi symbol of yin and yang. Uh, therefore, humanity is contained within the square, the first, the first circle. The square is generally viewed as a physical creation and matter. The unification of the four conventional elements as they embrace the physical existence, that's the square around it. Uh, the use of the grouping for is classical philo in classical philosophy and religion has been applied since time immemorial. 
most clearly embodied in the four elements of fire, earth, water, and air, but also seen in other classifications, like the four seasons, four cardinal directions, four winds, and four temperaments. The square is then um, encircled or encased, the square is then encased into a triangle. The triangle has two meanings. The first is the triangle's traditional alchemical role as a symbol for fire, in this sense being used as a transformative force. The other more powerful meaning of the triangle is the harmony of body, spirit, mind, and soul. If the inner circle is the microcosm of a man's physical existence and harmony, then the outer circle is the macrocosm of the universe. And check out, the, the triangle has two meanings. The first is the, is the triangle's traditional alchemical role as a symbol for fire, in this sense being used as a transformative force. It's meaning transform or, you know, basically men meaning um, permanent, so it's permanent transformation. But I was, uh, someone was speaking about how they changed Johnny Blaze to uh, a brother on uh, on what you call that, the Fantastic Four. You know, the Fantastic Four is, of course, symbolic of the four elements, the four fundamental elements, fire, air, water, and uh Earth, Earth being the the the, the thing, the beast dude. Water is uh, stretch, or whatever his name is. Stretch on, so I don't know his name. Mister Wonderful, or something. I don't know. It's impossible. Whatever the dude's name is, I can't recall. You know, I ain't been. But uh, then the woman is the female is uh, air, and of course the fire is Johnny Clay or Johnny, something. I forget his name too, but he's fire, inferno. I don't know, but um, they got a brother, a melanated brother. As fire, so as a symbol of fire, it's transformative force. Uh, also, uh, the other more powerful meaning of uh, the triangle of fire is the harmony of body, spirit, and soul. So, you know what I'm saying? It goes right back up to uh, alchemy, meaning um, the dark hero or the dark light. So they finally put a, a well, you know, I mean, they had a few, uh, you know what I'm saying, showing the, the opposites of, of of that light coming from coming from the aspect of Sirius being down to the planet Earth, that, that iron that's uh, deep within the planet Earth that's flowing from that, that energy there. So let's get back into this. Um, in the outer circle is the macrocosm. Of the universe. Okay, so the other more powerful meaning of the triangle is the harmony of body, spirit, and soul. If the inner circle is the macrocosm of man's physical existence and harmony, then the outer circle is the macrocosm of the universe. The harmony of the two natures of humanity embodied in the male and female principles serve as the basis for man's function in his square. From this microcosm, man's consciousness and mind, the triangle, is brought into a relationship with the Godhead his will, and his creation, the outer circle. All of existence from the human level to the divine is thus brought into a harmonic cosmology. One can also see it as a literal process of transformation bringing the physical and the spiritual to harmony in order to reach a higher plane of existence. Squaring the circle breaks down the original chaotic unity into four elements and then combines them again in the higher unity. Unity is represented by a circle and the four elements by a square. The production of one from four is the result of a process of purification and redirection, which takes the so-called circle of form. 
true spiritual alchemy demands a revolution of the human being deep into his or her atomic structure. The alchemistry of man is an extraordinary process that describes an intense transformation and mutation of the material body. The ancient alchemical masters came to the realization that man could only understand the world which corresponds to the atomic substance of the body. Body meaning contributing to the divine soul again. So they found a way by which the atomic substance of the body was interchanged and thus the entire consciousness transformed. As above, so below, as within, so without. Alchemy is a very thorough subject. Like life itself, it means a lot of things and can be done in various ways. Alchemy is viewed scientifically as transmuting bare metals into gold. Esoterically, it is observed as utilizing spirit or intelligence in order to gain mastery over self and mastery over the primordial energies of life. Egyptian Mystics, uh, this is the book, Egyptian Mystics, Seekers of the Way by Mustafa Gadala, page 32. The high mound where Adam Atim, Atum stands is the ancient Egyptian Ben Stone, known in Sufi traditions as the Philosopher's Stone or the Alchemist Stone. The agent believed to transmute baser metals into gold and to prolong life indefinitely. This alchemist Sufi tradition of transforming matter, Ben, into gold, Neb, is of an ancient Egyptian origin, as reflected in the language as follows. Ben has several related meanings, the primordial stone, the mound of creation, the first state of matter, opposition, negation. It is not there. There is not multiplicity. The mirror image of being is Neb, being spelled backwards, which also has several related meanings. Gold, um, traditionally the finished perfected end product, the gold of the alchemist, also means lord, master, all, affirmation, and pure. This Ben and Neb mirror image mode theme permeated ancient Egyptian thinking or was later adopted into the Islamized Sufi traditions. The transformation from Ben matter to Neb gold is analogous to the alchemist traditions which draw a parallel between metal and spiritual purification. Alchemy is the alphabet that makes up the metaphysical language. Back to my notes. Alchemy is the alphabet that makes up the metaphysical language. It is a complex blend of science and art. It is also growth-promoting and supports enlightenment. The process begins with doubts and a lack of self-confidence, but time spent on obtaining knowledge of self, one will reap the abundance of prosperity that is waiting. Alchemists are contemplative researchers, aware of the science of personal transformation and the art of inner mysticism. Spiritual alchemy is experiencing the experiment you perform on yourself with serious self-examination while discovering your deeper nature as a multidimensional creation of subjective, objective, qualitative, quantitative, mind, matter, and wave particle. It is the responsibility of each individual way to do itself to bring about their own transformation and be free to reawaken now, to express that transformation completely. The outer is the inner, and the inner is the outer, as above, so below. Alchemy elevates the ability to relate to inner happiness and peace reimburse the allowance of self-regeneration as well as external regeneration. You are the world and the world is you. By changing the mindset, you change everything. You are the light unto yourself, lit by your own flame of truth. You are the cosmos and the cosmos is you. The true alchemist pursues the experience of the one world united through physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects. Science illuminates 
spiritual question. Spiritual technology illuminates the deeper nature of matter and our true nature. Ironically, when we look into the depths of matter, we look into the depths of ourselves. Scientists and mystics report similar occurrences in their diverse models. Spiritual technologies such as meditation encourages penetration and amplification of the mind. It observes the fine nature of matter as nothing but a complex illusion, what we have come to recognize as a hologram. Mystics have always knew and highlighted the primordial nature of the hidden light and claimed that we are, in fact, made of light itself. Science has confirmed this in numerous ways. This is out of not how many scriptures. Once again, the Pistis Sophia have sinned once, twice, or thrice. They shall reject that soul, sending it back again into the world according to the form of the sin that it may have committed. The form whereof I will declare unto you hereafter, but verily, verily, I say unto you, that even the righteous man that have committed no sin at all cannot be brought into the kingdom of light, for as much the seal of the mysteries of that kingdom is not found upon him. Once for all, I say unto you, all, once for all, I say unto you, a soul cannot be brought into the kingdom if it be without the mysteries of the kingdom of the light. And the, the kingdom of the light, I was speaking about earlier, it's coming out of the book of Thomas, uh, the light is within, and the kingdom is within. And if uh, one doesn't have the key to unlock that information, then they get, they, they're, they go up to their high honor sphere and whatnot and those attachments that created that they created while sense of the body or whatnot give you know contributing to the bond so they latch on to that memory in their creation process. Memory, you know, said mem creative or creation only mind. So whatever those attachments are the um elementals or the atomic molecular um avenues that are attached to the mindset can reproduce the soul energy or the creative energy of the physical body and it will not be able to have access to shoot out of that field or that stream of the ionosphere or that stream of uh, atoms, basically molecules, you know what I'm saying, uh, due to that's a that is though all in that area in the ionosphere, everything there is an emanation of photons. So it's the replication, it's the reflection of the physical reality. So if I have any type of external uh, agreements that I'm attached to so much through the emotions or energy emotions, when I pass or when I transcend out of the physical, I won't be able to get through those things because I'm gonna have these. Uh, these memories or whatever. Oh wow, that I remember when I did that, or I remember how that tasted. Or I remember how that would, you know was when I felt the first time, you know, whatever. So these these type of attachments or whatever can recycle or reincarnate the the, the ancestor or whatnot, the one that's passing through and going through uh, the, the next transition, intentionally get out about here. So that's why they're trying to kill us fast now or whatnot. So we don't get the wisdom to obtain um, the correct applications to be able to do what we came here to do. You know, a little bit, you know, leave a little bit, but you don't want to take all the and just, you know, be, okay, I'm going to do this again today. I'm going to do this again today. That, that's why I said, you know, stay in the moment. 
of now and if we have any type of effects that's not uh what we thinking that should be there then we're not in our moment, we're in somebody else's moment and they taking our light. You know, so all right, so that was uh basically that's what they're saying right there. You know, even the righteous man who uh, if you don't if the seals of the mystery for us much the seals of the mysteries of that kingdom is not found upon us will not be able to get to the kingdom because the kingdom is within. So that righteous man is uh, living off of an external relationship of being righteous by doing certain things or whatnot or going to church every day or doing the salat and all that and the ablutions or uh, eating the kosher diet or something like that. Whatnot, all that, that's external. You know, you got to internalize the truth. You know what I'm saying? And do it for self. Don't do it for because somebody else next to you doing it. You know what I'm saying? Certain certain things you might choose to do, it, it might not be righteous to somebody else. It might be like, what do you mean you, you comb your hair this way? Because if this is the way I feel like I don't want to comb it. <laughs> you know, I got my hair a certain way, right? So I go to the store and they like, uh, why are you, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to work at Thursday morning. I got to be at work at like 10 or whatever. So I'm going in there about to get something. And uh, the lady at the door is like, uh, are you, you rushing? Well, what, you hurrying up to get, go back and get your hair done? <laughs> Finished. Because I had the top in the box or whatnot, you know, uh, to call up a, a hot top fade or whatever. And the, the sides are in Bantu knots. So I, that's what I decided to wear anyway. So I got to. The high top Bantu knives going on. All right, so this is out of the Elegant, Elegant Universe by Brian Green, pages 102, 104. Um, uh, right here, um, particles of light are quite different from Newton's. Uh, Einstein's particles of light are quite different from Newton's. Somehow, photons, although they are particles, embody wave like features of light as well. The fact that the energy of these particles is determined by a wave-like feature. Frequency is the first clue that a strange union is occurring. But the photoelectric effect in the double-slit experiment really brings the lessons home. The photoelectric effect shows that light has particle properties. The double-slit experiment shows that light manifests the interference properties of the waves. Together, they show that light has both wave-like and particle-like properties. They have the same type of initial energies within and that's the dark matter, basically hidden light. Hidden light means, in a comedic terms, is um, Amin Haru or Amin Ra. Right. Um, we can utter words such as wave particle duality and translate these words to mathematical formalism. Uh, in 1923, the young French nobleman, Prince Louis de Broglie, added a new element to the quantum fray one that would surely help to usher in the mathematical framework of modern quantum mechanics and that earned him the 1929 Nobel Prize in Physics, inspired by a chain of reasoning rooted in Einstein's special relativity. De Broglie suggested that the wave-particle duality applied not only to light but to matter as well. He reasoned, roughly speaking, that Einstein's E equals MC squared relates mass to energy, that Planck and Einstein have related energy to the frequencies of waves, and therefore, by combining the two, mass should have a wave-like incarnation as well. After carefully working through this line of thought, he suggested that just as light is a wave phenomenon, 
that quantum theory shows to have an equally valid particle description and electron, which would normally think of that which we normally think of um, as being a particle might have an equally valid description in terms of waves. So he came up with the conclusion that uh, light that we see as wave phenomena or as a wave also has uh, can be described as an electron. But if you describe it as an electron, it normally we think of as a particle, which we normally think of as a particle. Are both the same in terms of waves. So light is a wave phenomenon in quantum theory, but we think of it uh, basically as being a wave. An electron, which we think of as a particle, has equally valid description in the terms of waves. So they both come from the wave or the mem the creation, chaos, blood, and then formed into what we call uh, a particle, an electron. All right, so the secret of alchemy is this. There is a way of manipulating matter and energy so as to produce what modern scientists call a field of force. The field acts on the observer and puts in in a privileged position vis-a-vis the universe. From this position, he accesses to the realities which are ordinarily hidden from us by time and space, matter, and energy. This is what we call the great work. That's Fulcanali. He's a Italian philosopher-type dude back in 1937. This is uh, Sir Isaac Newton out of optics, something he wrote. Right here, the changing of bodies into light and light into bodies is very comfortable to the course of nature, which seems divided with transmutations. So the changing of bodies into light and light into bodies is very comfortable to the course of nature. This is Dr. Ross Mack. This is back in the day of a quantum type dude. Ultimately, the stone should be considered a catalyst to instruct the body code to overcome its inherited weakness and rebuild a better, stronger, vital metabolism that is not just self-preparing, but building to an optimal state of health. The stone has the seed of all DNA in the archetypal form and gives the correct original instructions to the potential new cells. This enables generations of mutation, adaptation of the organism to self-correct. Again, that's Dr. Ross Mack. Speaking on the X-Men right there, you know, that, getting them DNAs right and the mutation. You know what I'm saying? The excess of songs I was playing earlier, Project X and whatnot, uh, basically, you know, that's not, that's what I'm talking about a little bit, you know, trying to keep us away from a spiritual accusation due to material overrides or overdoses. Uh, and the spirit is the intelligence that consists or makes up the entirety of physical reality. So focusing on that and saying, you know, I'm X Man or I'm, I'm you know, I'm a superhero or whatever, letting yourself know that that's who you are and then activate it. I mean just saying it in the mind, you don't really gotta go out there and tell everybody, you know, I'm this, I'm that that defeats the purpose. Being who you are don't mean you have to speak on to everybody in the mind. Because that's who you are. 
you know, cab dropping on the run up there. Everybody be like, I'm a cab driver. I'm a cab driver. <laughs> I mean, certain times you might hear because his job is what he's doing. You know, he got to drop a mask and attack. And that you're doing a superhero thing like that. And that's what he's going to do. But he's going out to eat with his lady friend. Whether he's going to be like, I'm a cab driver. I'm a cab driver. All but uh, this is out of the Immortalic, the Halls of the Minty. Immortalic 2, the Halls of the Minty. Far in the past time, lost in space time. The children of light looked down on the world, seeing the children of men in their bondage, bound by the force that came from beyond. Knew they that only by freedom from bondage could man ever rise from the earth to the sun. Down they descended and created bodies, taking the semblance of men as their own. The masters of everything said after their forming, we are they who are formed from the space dust, partaking of life from the infinite all, living in the world as children of men, like and yet unlike the children of men. Then for a dwelling place far beneath the earth's crust, blasted great spaces day by their power, spaces apart from the children of men, surrounded them by forces and power, shielded from harm by the halls of the dead. Side by side then, placed the other spaces, filled them with life and with light from above. Built they then the halls of the Menti, dwelled eternally there, living with life to eternity's end. Thirty and two were there of the children, sons of light, who had come among men, seeking to free from the bondage of darkness those who were bound by the force of beyond. Deep in the halls of life were a flower, flaming, expanding, and driving backward the night. Placed in the center, a array of great potency, life-giving, light-giving, filling with power, all who came near it. Placed they around its thrones, two and thirty, places for each of the children of light. Placed so that they were raised in the radiance, filled with the light from the eternal light. So the 32, of course, that's fine right there, you know, central nervous system. And it's the life-giving, light-giving, filling with power, all who came near it. In the center of Sushimana or whatnot, it goes up to the pineal gland and reactivates that from right potentials. Life, uh, meaning water, light, meaning fire. So uh, the uh, fire and the water equates to, again, Mu'er, or mother and father. Watch well, it. Mother and father of the mysteries. Our story. Not his story. So, um, that was, again, that's out of the Tablet uh, 2, the Halls of the Menti. The Menti, the underworld, or the T, meaning uh, double, I mean, meaning hidden. So the two hidden, the two uh, unknowns, you know what I'm saying? Basically, the lower and higher self, you know, but you know, poo, you are Menti. I am the passage or the pathway to the underworld. All right, so dark matter, the hidden light. About 90% of the universe is dark matter, initiating from the Big Bang. 10% of a matter known as the physical universe came into being. So initiating from the Big Bang, 10% of matter known as the physical universe came into being. These estimates are the results of recent measurements and calculations using the latest technology and its methods of observation. Basically, from the point of view of physical science up to the present time, the physical universe was everything. The universe was just empty space, a vacuum, nothingness, with no content or form. Until recently, there was not enough technology or knowledge towards the nature of subatomic quanta 
wave particles to identify them in a free state in nature. During the 19th century, our understanding of, of electromagnetic occurrences was established and knowledge that electricity and magnetism were related phenomena and that light was a form of electromagnetic energy was recognized. In the 20th century, a new picture of matter in the atom emerged in quantum mechanics. The chemical properties of matter became attributed to electrical charge, the same electrical charge found to be responsible for light in the previous century. From, the point, from this point of view of the electric field, the atoms appear solid, but from the point of view of mass, the atom appears very empty. Quantum mechanics shows that not only do we see objects because of electrical charges and not because of the properties of the mass, but also we can hold and feel objects because of the properties of the electrical charge and not because of the properties of the mass. So basically it's saying the electrical charge coming into the eyes that stimulates the brain in order for us to see, in order for us to feel, to touch, to, to smell, to sense in general. So that electrical charge is coming from somewhere and it's not necessarily us feeling, seeing, touching, hearing, nothing like that. It's just a, that's the reflection or the experience from the external reality going inward, and then we reflect it back out as the sense of, or nature matter. The revealing of dark matter has to be made indirectly through the observation of its gravitational effect. Because dark matter has mass, it can exert a gravitational pull on visible matter. So looking into outer space with advanced technological instruments, we can observe a gravitational influence on distant stars, gas, clouds, nubular galaxies, and other celestial phenomena. But what we cannot see, what we cannot see is the matter which produces the influences. The existence of uncharged particles is not new, but the discovery of dark matter seems to be different from what has been known in the past that it makes up at least 90% of the universe. And, and that it is stable. What we normally think of as the spiraling stars that form galaxies is in fact only a partial, is in fact only partial to the entirety of the complete structure. It is surrounded by and immersed in a globe of unseen dark matter that makes up at least 90% of its mass. The truth surrounding the universe is that it is dark matter. There are two broad categories for the explanation of dark matter. It can be burnt, out stars, white dwarfs, or black holes, or it can be matter which is not composed of electrically charged particles. This simple property makes this matter invisible to our normal vision and also will give dark matter the ability to interpenetrate with visible matter. In other words, it can pass right through visible matter. The property of interpenetrability of, the dark, of this type of dark matter with visible matter is in harmony with the subtle matter of the mystical traditions. Mysticism is a discipline involved with knowledge and techniques which are of value in assisting the individuated dual self towards spiritual growth. It is a practical discipline concerned with direct experience or awareness of spiritual truth and ultimate reality. Spiritual methodology is not based on external experimentation but internal observation. As an old age tradition which continues to develop, mysticism is vast, covering numerous concepts and doctrines. According to ancient spiritual traditions, humans are composed of several interpenetrating sheaths or subtle bodies, which are made of matter from different planes. Each sheath is of different relative density. The density of these sheaths is what we normally regard as our physical body. The body, the, uh, the body that is visible to our normal vision, the other sheaths are not visible to our everyday vision. 
The second sheaf is a subtle, fine material sheaf known as the prana, or chi, or etheric body. This gives the physical body, uh, this gives the physical, visible body life and consciousness through the prana, or the chi. The next sheaf is our thought body, or personality, our mental body. This body is necessary for rational and intellectual thinking. The fourth sheaf is the body of our potential consciousness, which extends far beyond our active thoughts. It contains the totality of our spiritual abilities and is apparently equivalent to the soul in Western mysticism. The fifth and last sheath is the most subtle, and it is the spirit body. It penetrates all the previous sheaths. This is the body of the highest universal consciousness. It is, the experience, it is experienced in a state of enlightenment or the highest states of meditation. These sheaths are not separate layers forming around a center, but are collectively penetrating forms of matter from the finest matter of spirit to the densest form of matter, the physical body. The corresponding finer or subtle little sheaths penetrate and thus contain the grosser ones. Just as the material is built up through nourishment while being penetrated and kept alive by the vital forces of prana, the body of active thought consciousness penetrates the functions of prana in the same way and determines the form of bodily appearance. Soul body, mind body, prana, uh, body, invisible body, however, are viewed as being penetrated and motivated by still a deeper and finer matter, spirit, or shin, in the Taoist terminology. This finer spirit matter or intelligence penetrates these grosser bodies and stores up the material that our thought and imagination draws into substance from. It is therefore only the spiritual body that penetrates all the five layers that thus integrates. Oh, hold up. It is therefore only the spiritual body that penetrates all the five layers, thus integrates all organs and faculties of the individual into one complete whole. So the uh, spiritual body is the light that goes into the physical uh, or the other five layers, the other four layers, the spiritual intelligence, the light goes in and basically keeps the whole message, the hologram, complete, the complete message right. And so that goes back to that, you know, the the mystery of well, alchemistry being, um, meaning, um, let me make sure I say it right. The, uh, go back up here to it. Hey, meaning, well, of course, uh, I couldn't just move from the top to tie together. Um, today, we tie together the chapter of mysteries for the whole message being the chapter of mysteries that are known and unknown. Okay, okay, so where were we? All right, right here, it is therefore only the spiritual body that penetrates all the five layers, thus integrates all organs and faculties of the individual into one complete whole. So that the breath or the intelligence within the breath holds the moment in one special place of now. 
Along with these chiefs or mystical mystical bodies are three major nadis, meridians, the central channel or sushumana, which runs like a hollow channel through the center of the spinal column relative to the visible body in the Ida and Bengala, which are two channels wrapped around the sushumana nadi, meridian in a spiral fashion, starting from the left and the right nostrils respectively and meeting sushumana in the perineum at the base of the spine. They establish a direct connection among the seven chakras. Going back to the 32, um, also in relation to the, um, the tree of life, Padmatia, um, we have, um, you have, within the Kabbalistic, you have the 22 paths plus the 10 spears equaling 32. Right, so, you know, the 22 paths are interconnected throughout the, um, throughout each spirit's path that leads, all of them inevitably leads um, back to Keti or the crown, the light, which is basically a I see the pomegranate at the top. And they go through these different um, roads and passages, paths, the way, you know, the ultimate truth, the interconnecting points that are all, and each one opens up another portal or another gateway. It's not necessarily 32. Once once you go deeper into that process uh, or practice, it will be, uh, it, it, it can, you will see it for yourself. The explanation is not necessary right at this moment. All right, so um, they establish a direct connection among the seven chakras. That's the Sushumana and the um, left and right. Eden Pangala. With our ordinary vision, we cannot see the mystical subtle bodies or the chakras or the nadi. All of these interact with each other to form the whole human being. To function as a human being, we are constantly using these subtle bodies, even though we are not conscious of them. To the true practitioner of mysticism, these truths are as real to them as scientific truths are to the science. By turning inward, mysticism has focused its exploration of the universe on those concepts which are valuable to spiritual growth. Dark matter, in essence, can be defined as matter which is void of charged particles and therefore cannot be seen with our normal vision and can interpenetrate with visible matter. Recalling what we know of the mystical properties of subtle bodies and subtle matter, the subtle bodies are capable of interpenetrating our visible body or our visible body must be composed of different forms of uncharged matter. Read that again. Recalling what we know of the mystical properties of subtle bodies and subtle matter, the subtle bodies capable of interpenetrating our visible body must be composed of different forms of uncharged dark matter. If they actually exist or have mass, interpenetration with visible matter is a property of dark matter, which is void of charged particles. What the ancient mystics were describing was a type of dark matter long before scientists discovered dark matter. In our everyday life, we are unaware of the existence of, the subtle, of these subtle bodies, but the true mystics established methods that made it possible to experience the universe from the perspective of their subtle bodies. By doing this, one can look outer, one can look outer, at out, by doing this, one can look at outer space and the universe and observe the dark matter within within their inner space, dark matter, by way of the subtle body vision. Observing the accounts of individuals who have experienced these other planes of matter, such as during near-death or out-of-body experiences or in mystical state, 
It seems that the sense of time and space associated with these forms of subtle matter are different from that associated with visible matter. Each subtle body seems to have a unique sense of, a unique sense of time and space. And this suggests that time-space relationships are dependent upon the type of matter one is conscious of or experienced. Clearly, this will make it very difficult to communicate these experiences to those familiar with only our usual sense of time and space. Yeah, that's why I I, I, I put that there because uh, I had an out-of-body experience when I was younger, and um, when I was you know, expanding on it a little bit to individuated that are not conscious of certain aspects in relation to, as far as no time or, uh, or when we speak of, of time, we generally think of 60 seconds in a minute. You know, we think of uh, 60 minutes in an hour and all of those. You know, that's a conceptual agreement that we came to understand the time and space as time being uh, movement or whatnot and space being uh, the area or whatever in that movement. Yet, when I was at the end of what I was uh, describing to him as my out-of-body experience, I told him it felt like, because they asked, I think, the, yeah, the person asked, how long was it? I said, man, it felt like 10,000, 6,000 years. I don't know. It was like a big, uh, it, was, it was just a lot of information or whatever, you know, being bestowed in and it seemed like, Nothing was happening at the same time. Like I was nowhere. I don't know. I just I said I don't know. It could have been ten thousand, fifty thousand, six thousand years. It, it just seemed like it was forever. Yet it was just like it, nothing happened. It didn't happen at all. It was like it was one second. But I know I, was, you know, what I'm saying it was forever at the same time. But at any rate, explaining that to they like, what do you mean? You know, but I I couldn't really explain it. It's, it's so clearly this would make it difficult to communicate these experiences to those familiar with only our usual sense of time and space. Our scientific understanding of the Big Bang as a single energy event that created simultaneously all matter and time and space is not likely the source of dark matter. The traditional view of mysticism is that the more dense forms of matter was born out of the finer forms of matter. Our present scientific understanding of the origins of the universe indicates that matter was created out of the Big Bang billions of years ago. Subtle dark matter, however, could have existed before the Big Bang because our knowledge of the Big Bang is based on the behavior of visible, luminous matter. We can no longer assume that all matter was created at the Big Bang, even though visible, luminous matter evidently was. Some form of dark matter, or primordial key, original force in Taoist terminology, new or noon in the comedic mystical tradition, existed before the Big Bang. To have some sort of primordial dark matter present before the Big Bang would mean that the Big Bang was created out of a certain percentage of this primordial dark matter, but not all of it was converted to luminous matter. Therefore, we still have an ample amount of this primordial dark matter lurking around, and that's in the form of that subtle energy that one can obtain uh, when they deep conscious breathe or whatnot and get back to that intelligent self, that higher intelligent self, that indwelling intelligence that is always active and doing some type of work, you know what I'm saying? So... Uh, back to the read. Alchemy is the great work, opus, a process of separation, transformation, and assimilation. This is just as true of the substances work experimentally in response to chemistry. 
as it is of the personality undergoing the transformative process. The mind-body is a container for refining the vehicles of consciousness. By altering the perception, there's a shift from the personal to the infinite consciousness in relation to the universe and the world. The elements of alchemy reside within the world as well as the cosmos as fire, solar, earth, air, wind power, and water, hydro, earth is geothermal. They likewise power us internally, including the fifth element, our photonic etheric life force energy. In the Taoist structure of being, wholeness is the awareness, understanding, correct use, emerging of all the multiple forces within. The five elemental forces of existence can also represent these aspects itself. Fire equaling heart, metal equaling lungs, wood equaling liver, water equals kidneys, and earth equals the spleen. Without the fusion of the five elements and transforming negative emotions by Montachia, page 7. Um, let's see. Oh. Oh, let me just... Where is it? Because it seems to be chops the two there once again. And it is not paid. Oh, it's bear with me. My page has been chopped again. Oh here. Somebody get the book. Fusion of the five elements, page seven. Uh, fusion of the five elements, marking the beginning of the Taoist practice of eternal alchemy, focuses um, focuses on the interaction and fusion of all five elements and their correspondences, and the transformation into harmonious whole of high quality energy. During this process, the essence of life force energy found in the organs, plants, and senses is transformed, purified, condensed and combined with the universal force. The new form of energy that emerges through this process can affect positive changes in the human body. To make connections between and to gain control of the inner and outer universes, the Taoists developed the fusion of the five elements practice. Fusion begins with understanding the dynamics of the universe, the planet Earth, and the human body with respect to their relationship to the five elements. The, uh, back to read, the importance of the elements is reflected also in the ninja concept of the Kadaya, the five energies that compose all there is and in turn can be obtained, retained, and cultivated on our journey for self-actualization. These five energies are, are as follows. Cause the quality of fire. Heart, hers, house, Krishna, caress. It's color red, halu, light. and corresponds to feelings of vitality, physicality, self-direction, and courage. It is the energy of love. We get in touch with the car through the body. Shway is the quality of water. The kidneys, I said, mother, dark, my auteur, black, this color. It is the energy seeker. We find shway through the emotions. Food is the quality of air, metal, lungs, the color is white, shoe, uh, deity, or the principle of force, I see it as well as Kahuti. And relates to wisdom, clarity, personal truth, self-reflection, and self-knowledge is um, the clearful and skillful mind, the clear and skillful mind. Key is the quality of earth, spleen, um, yellow, 
the element is the earth, Heteru, the house of light, as well as I said, and Geb, God, the planet, uh, spiritual maturity and the capacity for happiness is the attributes, is the energy of the soul warrior. Um, instead of projecting the pain into the world and creating the very chaos that causes suffering, uh, he is one that is prepared to fight the battles on the field of spirit to gain mastery of self. Finally, the Gadaya, Ku, Ku, Father of Creative Principles, is the place of the void, the experience of self actualization, naturalness of being, and attunement to all things, enlightenment, self actualization, self realization. This, this is the abode of the mystics who have understood the position at the center of all things. It is said that without initiation and practice, we cannot access these elemental and archetypal energies, and so they remain uncontrolled, unused, or unnoticed. They can even work against us, which is the real problem we face today. It is only when we draw them into consciousness that they become our allies. The root of many of our social problems has created a society that is concerned only with the struggle for dominance over others. All magic through observation and study seeks to follow and harness the natural forces. Alchemists are very aware of the reactive qualities of substance and the influence of substance on human behavior. If the alchemist is true to his or her instincts, the natural forces can serve as tools when intent and action are in accord. But like any tool, these forces must be used with the full understanding of the true nature. All alchemical disciplines serve the practitioner in connecting the will to the physical world. When the connection is made with awareness and intent and the violence to natural forces of creation, it will carry the alchemist further along the path of transformation. The foundation for alchemy is the relationship of cause and effect within the macrocosmic process of transformation, and the will to physical manifestation follows a path. The will is defined as the desired outcome and vision while knowledge tools, and resources are gathered. Finally, action is planned, formalized, and performed, always recalling the five Ps. Perfect planning prevents poor performance. This study requires the alchemist to seek a trained mind and a focused heart. Do without will be the whole of the law under love. And, of course, that's uh, out of the book of law by Lester Crowley, you know, um, in the Thelma, philosophy, um, do what thou will to be the whole of the law under love. The alchemy of man is a fast-track pathway to self-mastery and self-realization. It is the original interpretation of life surrounding its physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects. The alchemist is the catalytic agent of the spiritual chemistry. There are many ways to express the process of alchemy. First of all, what is the definition of process? The noun, um, dealing with the word process, is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Synonyms are procedure, operation, action, activity, exercise, fair business, job, task. The verb is to perform a series of mechanical or chemical operations on something in order to change or preserve it. So, process of a procedure is a way of doing something, and it is not what is being done. So alchemy is process-oriented, meaning doing, not thinking, emphasizing awareness 
of the internal experience of the external struggling by way of an underlying connection with the divine. It demands self-honesty, self-responsibility, and a supreme desire to live on a spiritual path. Well, you know, acknowledging the intelligence within and without. More than simply developing self, the alchemist transforms chaos to order. This is the same by Bruce Lee. The point is the doing of them. There is no actor but the action. There is no experiencer but the experience. There are three chief aspects of alchemy. Alchemy as theory is a widespread philosophical vision of the cosmos based on the unification theory. Alchemy as a practice may be viewed as a creative discipline involving the realm of imagination and soul creating. Alchemy as a mystical search or quest has its main goal in liberation from the world. This is the knowledge of immortality through the union of opposites. Alchemy is a process in which we can act and suffer in a creative way. Visual answers become the fuel that motivates the alchemist. To pursue alchemy, we must love it totally. Weakness opens us to discovery that promotes commitment. We surrender our hearts to the creative process that moves us into liberation. We respond to, we respond to the motivation of self-realization. Therefore, alchemy is a re-education that leads us beyond routine and into our gifts and talents. As such, it is a compassionate act of self-care. So to pursue alchemy, we must love it totally, even when we're going through the most dire moments, the most uh, unwanted challenges. We must overcome those challenges, get through them, and love them and embrace them and accept them. Don't blame it on him or her. Remember, don't become, you know, victimized. You, we are, we, you know what I'm saying, we do these things for personal um, reasons that may not be readily activated in our senses as experience to gain information or experience. And then it's also an inspiration that is gained once one becomes more attuned to the alchemical self or the alchemistry demand to daily um, to daily access that information properly, you know, to daily make sure to daily tie together the chapters of mysteries that are known and unknown. So, so process is a, a process activities that are done with awareness and daily. All right, so alchemy is a process in which we can act and suffer in a creative way. But let's get back to where we were. It is a compassionate act of self-care. The mind is absorbed in, the, in is absorbed in imagination, metaphor, poetry, and myth. Myth are coming from the uh, Latin word mythos, a Greek word mythos, meaning knowledge to know. Um, poetry and myth, including scientific and spiritual. The imagination dematerializes the illusory concreteness of matter. Images and the imagination are the carriers of meaning. The language of alchemy provides models for the world as it is constructed. This is out of the Egyptian Mystic Secrets of the Way by Mustafa Gudala, again, page 137. Uh, the Word of God um, 
Early Islamized Sufi traditions acknowledge that the world was created through a word from Jehuti. Eight characteristics, um, four symbolized as gods, four as goddesses, were made from a sound that he uttered. Same traditions state that the eightfold character of Sufi teachings is symbolized by the octagonal diagram for the word hu, or ku, the Sufi sound. These Islamized Sufi traditions are ancient Egyptian concepts as well. Tahuti was what is called master of the city of eight. Um, the Egyptian city was and is called Kamunu. Tahuti's number eight is the rhythmic number in the universe. The eight characteristics consisting of four paths of the two gods, goddesses, represent the pre-creation state of matter, which in ancient Egyptian text is called Nun. The four paths are Nun, Nunet, He, Hehet, Kek, Keket, and Amin, and Aminet. When you put those together, Amin, Nun, um, Ke, and He, you have the word Ankh, life. Uh, so the Egyptian creation text repeatedly stressed the belief of creation by the word. When nothing existed except the one, he created the universe with his commanding voice. Um, in ancient Egyptian, the words of Ra, or Re, revealed, that's the mystery, um, that's the, uh, the book of mysteries right there, Re, revealed through Tehuti, became the things and creatures of this world. In other words, the words, meaning sound entities, created the forms in the universe. Hu, or Hoa, shown herein, is an ancient Egyptian Netir God representing the authoritative utterance, an aspect of the intellectual power of Tehuti, or Dut. So uh, the word is not necessarily a physical word, like word. It's a vibration, it's a frequency of uh, of sound or a wave particle, basically. The alchemistry of man is a way of actualizing the soul essence of being with its collective language. We grow by way of the instructions of these inherited indigenous cultural symbols. Alchemy is a language of the soul an atmosphere of transformation that allows us to play with the illusion of nature by way of ultimate reality in our own spiritual and practical nature or personality. The identity of our story is linked to the identity of our true innate character. There is a fundamental unity of existence between the psyche and matter, mind and body. We live life in terms of our story. The alchemist creates reality reachable only through the metaphysical alchemical language of what is physically known and the mystical tangible of what is physically known and the mystical, the tangible and the intangible. We penetrate the mystery even as the vibrant desire of the mystery penetrates us. This inspiration is why we explore our spiritual identity. Literal events become metaphorical experiences, elevating, elevating these events into meaningful soul experiences. Alchemy is cosmological knowledge, as above, so below. It brings about the reunification with the divine. We become more involved with the world in a dynamic way, no longer controlled by the worldview. Alchemy works with the different layers of alchemical energies that resides within man. They are spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical energy. The physical alchemy and the physical energy it's the physical body. It is within physical alchemy, the physical energy of the physical body. It is associated with the color black, the base color or whatnot, and reflective of the color of the cosmos with unlimited depth and energy. 
within physical alchemy are concepts to guide the alchemist to perceive the factual and artificial by moving us immediately beyond individualism into the mystic perspective of multiplicity and its natural meaning. This alchemical expression prompts the unification of mind and body as a supernatural reality. It is a resurrection of spirit in the realm of matter that raises consciousness by fine-tuning our personal history. This is out of the Egyptian, Egyptian Yoga by Muwata Ashby, pages 133 and 134. Um, from the earliest times, the students of mysticism have searched for the ingredients to construct the most powerful magical instruments that bestowed immortality and supreme power. For those whose search has remained external in the world of objects, such as an instrument has never has never been found. Such an instrument has never been found. Alchemical elements can only be found and developed within the human uh, consciousness and the human body. For this reason, human embodiment, although seen as heaven, is viewed by Nicias as a blessed opportunity. For this reason, human body, although seen as falling from heaven, is viewed by Nicias. See pages uh, is viewed by Nicias as a blessed opportunity to achieve the heights and potentials in terms of one's evolution. Sexual energy is the driving force of the physical reality. When sexual energy is sublimated and the mind controlled, the androgynous being, which is the true self, emerges. The sage no longer identifies with sexual energy within a particular body, um, given that the search is to find the absolute truth, which is not surprising that the alchemical formers and teachings expounded a mystical um, orders from around the world with direct or, or indirect lineage. The mystery schools of, of Egypt are similar, if not identical. Okay, so now here, um, in the state of samadhi with joyous and deliberate meditation on the self, truth about absolute reality is revealed in all planes. Samadhi is a state of meditation in which the soul disengages its identification with physical objects and the body is able to behold absolute reality, which is itself the soul. The soul is thus able to see the physical reality is nothing more than itself on various planes of existence. I'm going to close out of this and come back in. It's like my um, computer's jumping around. And I don't like that. Too much information on it. Bear with me. Forgive. This is the external hard drive. I guess I'm off to... Uh, I don't see how... I'm use it too. Okay, I'm about to open opening sesame now. Open sesame. All right, back at it. Slowing the papers. It doesn't allow me to move um, up and down. So for myself, uh, kidding, grace, beans, 
some, <laughs> add some green beans and some, some peas. I was at the, I was at the store the other day. I'm always there somewhere. But uh, took my nieces and my daughter to uh, Panera Bread. I think it's what it's called. And um, one of them is allergic to peanuts. She's like, I, I can't eat peanuts. And she's like, oh, well, uh, let me make sure there's no other type of nuts in these things. It's, you know, you might be allergic to them. And, uh, I was like, oh, well, actually, you know, a peanut is not a, it's not a nut per se. She's not allergic to anything but peanuts, right? You know what I'm saying? She's not allergic to nuts. She's allergic to peanuts. You know, she's not allergic to almonds or anything. So I was like, actually, you know, she's, she's only, I was like, well, she has allergic to peanuts. It's all. She's not allergic to peanuts. But the woman, you know, she was you know, very uh, passionate about making sure they had no peanuts in this case, I guess. But I was like, she'd be all right. You know, actually, you know, because I didn't want to panic about it. So I explained to her, you know, a peanut is actually a brown pea. You know, it's not classified as a as a nut, so to speak. It's called a peanut, but actually, it's a vegum, it's a bean. You know, so I ain't say it like, you know, I ain't, you know I'm gonna choke you. You know, what I mean? you know like, you know, actually, uh, it's actually a bean. You know, and um, she looked at me a little strange, like, why this nigga speaking in, in, intelligently at me like that? Why does he know? They know. They know. <laughs> okay, but uh, let me get back down here to where we were. Yeah, ate some uh, some green beans. I mean, not some uh, peas a minute ago. Not peanuts, but no peas. peas. Uh, getting back there. The page where we're on physical alchemy, yeah, right here. I'm just gonna go ahead out of this um, section, get to spiritual alchemy. Once this loads, correct? There it is. Well, in the secret of the golden flower, tiny tantric meditation text, a similar form is given in sexual sublimation. We'll get to that for a second. The water sign is the force of the kidneys. The instincts are aroused, the force runs down. It then directs outward and creates offspring. If at, that, if at the time of its release, the force is not allowed to go out, but is directed back in through will of thought so that it is able to enter into the creative crucible and revitalize the body, heart, and mind, nourishing them. This is called the backward flowing method. Thus, it is said that literal life is dependent on the backward flowing method. Speaking on a tantric, a sexual tantric movement of the energy, the sexual energy back up into the pomegranate place of uh, releasing it. Or that's a whole, it's called holdbacks, retaining the energy. The alchemistry of man is the correct use of intelligence to form an imaginative discovery of the primordial creative universal essence. That flow is lyrical, epic, and dramatic. The significance of the alchemy of man is one thing, but the deep emotional impact of the impact of the alchemical equations application to life. Let me say that again. The significance of the alchemy of man is one thing, but the deep emotional impact of the alchemical equations application to life is like being suspended from a radiant moment in the internal. It stops us in our tracks of worldly awareness and gives us a, gives us a brilliant view of self-realization. 
The alchemical mind is absorbed into the mysterious source of creation. The mind goes silent as a primal awareness expands into wholeness. Something without physical form shines from the hidden light of the intelligence in the exact moment. This radiant experience motivates the alchemists forward within their quest. They bridge the gap between the sacred and the irrelevant. We are inspired by the aha, the aha moments of life. This breathtaking experience is an act of surrender that is ultimately an epiphany that sparks a flow of spirit giving natural pleasure. We are connected to order and completion through the experience of chaos and separation. The body, soul, and spirit are realigned by the observing participant's relationship with all the events of life in terms of myth or knowledge in the metaphoric and symbolic realm of the experience. The alchemist utilizes the imaginative powers to differentiate and reorganize their diagnosis of life. Alchemy is a direct way of knowing that is rooted in the experience. Traditional alchemy holds the phenomena of matter at its center, and the desired results are often material wealth or a greater understanding of physical forces, either results in the sharpening of either results in the sharpening of the practitioner's ability to implement their own will. The ancient art of alchemy was the search for spirit and matter. In modern life, it is a way of contacting and deepening the mystical relationship with the sacred dimension of life. Intelligence dwells in every space of physical existence. We strive to live in meditation daily. This eternal state doesn't mean living in the physical body forever, but living in each moment fully aware of our multidimensional actualities. We can test this timeless realm at any moment by transcending mind to awareness, transcending from mind to awareness. Enlightenment comes from any point and from nowhere simultaneously. We can draw from the nourishing essence of this source and feed the immortal body with the living hidden light and also train the mind to recognize that the miraculous body of the hidden light, the vehicle of our consciousness. So again, we can draw from the nourishing essence of the source and feed the immortal body with the living hidden light and also train the mind to recognize that the miraculous body of the hidden light, the vehicle of our consciousness, is the vehicle of our consciousness. Meditation is a conscious effort preparing the alchemist to merge with the eternal primordial knowingly. Alchemy is a heartfelt path of, living, of a living commitment. The alchemist is a vessel of the transformation, and the subjects of the mind are the object of transformation so one can reach the point of self-realization. There are deeper dimensions of soul and spirit beyond sensual gratification. Actively applying the imagination reveals the unseen depths of one's true nature. Daily practice and service to others and life in general builds a strong foundation within the alchemical process. Understanding of your own essence is like a beacon that draws you into an even deeper connection with the sacred. Um, this is experience in the experiment. It's a, a dissertation that I wrote. This is something that I was writing in, in, uh, for a book. Whatnot. All this is going to be in the book eventually. Experiencing the experiment, it was the longest day in my first month of active duty in the U.S. Army Station at Fort Bragg. The brigade I was assigned to went on its initial four-day bivouac, a semi-primitive facility for lodging military personnel while in training or operation. In this case, it was a field exercise training with many psychological as well as physiological performances required. The most strenuous physical and mental test out of all the required exercises was 
undoubtedly sleep deprivation, where the participants had no rest, only transference, only transference of tasks within a six, four, a six to four hour interval of the day. Hence the term the longest day. Consciously, I had no discerning of how sleep deprivation and the constant shift of physical functions can affect the mind and body. This was soon pan out. The weekend prior to the four-day bid break, I had purchased or more accurately financed my first automobile, 1997 Mazda 626, along with the superlative audio system. Just imagining myself in the drop seat, oh, what a perfect picture. All the attention I was to receive from the luminous gold material as I zoomed, zoomed down the boulevards and avenues of my mind. On the preceding Friday, following the brigade's return from bivouac, the soldiers were allowed our first four-day weekend off, in turn, opening a window of space for me to put the wheels in motion and producing what I visualized so eagerly and often. There's an old saying, things aren't always what they seem. Yet when presented to the observer, she or he may become subjugated by the external values in place of being submissive to the internal voice of reason. That has been intimidatingly draped over by the facades of visual intercourse that fuels the mundane ego. This was one of the this is one of the more profound and distinct moments of preemptive consent in my life, where everything I heard intuitively was overridden by my by my continuous desire, uh, by my continuous desire to fulfill an unnecessary physical pleasure. Well, it's Friday evening now, and we're just clocking out. The opportunity has finally arrived for my homecoming, returning to see my wife and family, among the other things that were in flow and ebb. I felt like a 13-year-old in line waiting on a roller coaster they'd never ridden. The intensity of adrenaline and passion rose as I pushed play on the CD changer and began listening to Tupac's song, My Ambitions as a Rider. Escaping the pseudo-environment of discipline and unity, by anticipating my rendezvous surrounded my um, surrounded by familiar faces and rekindling our appetites of similar interests. Nevertheless, I concluded the road trip safely. What I premeditated in being a very relaxing, visual, and liberating point was just that in the beginning stages. As I visited my parents, went by a couple of my high school cronies' houses, and spent time with my wife and son. As the darkness of night began to stretch and hug the light of day, I sensed the ideal instant to inform my wife that my cousin who lives in the city neighboring ours and had planned and and I had planned on going out to drink some cold beers as well as smoke a couple of joints. Needless to say, the time of this message stirred emotion in my wife, claiming in actuality we were off to trollop into some promiscuous activities. Of course I had to coach her back to this dimension. It was as it, it, it was as uh, it was. I say about nine fifteen that evening when I reached my cousin's house. We promptly went to the store and bought a couple of forties and some cigars that we drank and smoked while driving around the borough. I guess about two and a half hours before returning to his house, where I rolled and lit the last joint and gave him half. We said our farewells and I headed towards the highway. This is where it gets interesting. Mind you, I have had no sleep in four days, along with the hectic regimen of, of psychogenetic activities. I must uh, not, I must not forget to mention it was my first taste of alcohol and marijuana since leaving for basic training, which was eight months in the rear of this occasion. 
At any rate, making it back into the city to find the highway exits was puzzling. But was even more uh, what was even more perplexed was finding myself in the heart of downtown, driving on a one-way street the wrong way. Hmm. While oncoming traffic is dodging, blowing horns, and blinking lights at, uh, at me, I'm on the cell phone asking my cousin for directions to the highway. Frantically, I made a fast and furious U-turn with the cameras and bright lights and got back on track. Pointed in the right direction, finally finding the exit home, I felt at ease, so I thought, bumpity bump, bumpity bump. That was, that's what I felt when I recognized I had fallen asleep driving on the highway. Wow, it's time for an adjustment, thinking again. So I placed another CD in the changer and put all the windows down. I felt it again, bumpity bump, bumpity bump. I fell asleep once more to be woken by the side markers on the road hitting the wheels, and I still didn't pull over. What was I thinking, or were the thoughts thinking me? Hmm. I was very relieved in seeing the Reedsville welcome to sign. I had made it to my hometown with roughly seven minutes left before reaching my final destination with my wife and son. But suddenly, I looked up and I was moving dangerously rapid down a hill of trees. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I remember screaming, then boom. I hit a tree dead center, and there I was, eating an airbag, terrified out of my 22-year-old mind. Yes, I had fallen asleep for the third time, and it was the charm. Waking to see bushes being mowed over by my car and the feel of life being frightened away with the forceful impact into a tree that didn't break a limb. It goes without saying the fresh new automobile was a total loss, figuratively and symbolically. On the other hand, I walked away out from this accident with no minor energies, a small cut on my hand, and a busted lip from the deployment of the airbag. Now observing these sequences, these sequences of events from the perspective of the ego, I return to Theron Q. DeMont's book, The Mastermind, where he states in Chapter 2, The Mind Master, that the, that the machinery of the wheels is the mechanism of control and action is undoubted, but what it is, but what is it that controls and directs the will? He later reiterates and says, there's something within this I, this ego, is the mind, master, the central authority of your mind. Recounting the scenarios that take place, recounting the scenarios that took place to insight, I understand that there was two hands at play. One, my outer ego manipulating what I was, what was imminent, the other, my inner ego protecting against that very manipulation. By being introduced to so many psychotraumatic lessons as well as restrictions on sleep, my own spirit and will was preempted and neglected for the actualization of fantasies in this temporal material reality. The entirety of this the entirety of this occurrence was within the span of seven days, with the purchase of my first car, participating in my first bivouac, my first four day weekend off my first return home since basic training, my first taste of beer and marijuana in the same amount of time, and my first car accident. All of these first, and I had no peripheral hind or foresight that such intricate categories of functions were a synthetic synchronization of all I had been externally and internally influenced by in my life up until this junction. To what I thought was my own perception was in actuality speculations built from the physical world of man via family, education, religion, and society in general. As I reflect in deep, contempl- in deep contemplation of experiencing the experiment, 
in military in the military, I recognize it as much more than a job or task. It is essentially an explicit organized front for psychogenetic manipulation by enticing its subjects with visions of grandeur through mediums of radio, television, and mentally diverted recruiting offices. In the closing words of the subject, I would like to quote Walter Lippmann from his book entitled Public Opinion, where he writes in Chapter 1, quote, certainly at the level of social life, what is called the adjustment of man to his environment takes place through the medium of fictions. By fictions, I don't mean lies. I mean a representation of the environment, which in a lesser or greater degree made are made by man himself. Oh, so, yeah. That was called experiencing the experiment. So spiritual alchemy. That was basically speaking on some of the aspects of physical alchemy and how when I noticed uh, that the external environment influenced me not to like even pull over after I fell asleep. I'm smoking and drinking, you know, riding around cities, they'll get lost on the one way street, I'm gonna get hit by a car, still didn't sober up, still didn't think to stop the car. So it was a preemptive my external ego was override was my was overriding my truth, my nature, my our natural self, our natural abilities to know what's right consciously, intuition. So spiritual alchemy, spiritual energy is uh, spiritual energy is the spirit is associated with the color red. Spiritual alchemy can be viewed as the alchemists experiencing the experiment on themselves. Our true selves are beyond what our conscious awareness assumes. Some of the most beautiful, mystical, and philosophical writings are found in the ancient literatures of the high priests and priestesses of Abu Rakam. These beautiful works are true works of art. And as one begins to decipher their allegories and metaphors, an insight is born of a symbolic language that is stimulating to the spirit and elevating elevating to the soul in a very mystical manner. On the portals of the Temple of Delphi, it is written, my, quote, my advice to you, whoever you may be, O oh, you who desire to explore the mysteries of nature, if you, if you do not discover within yourself that which you seek, neither will you find it without. If you ignore the excellence of your own house, how can you aspire to find excellence elsewhere? Within you is hidden the treasure of treasures. O man, know thyself, and you will know the universe and the gods. So within us resides the potentials of a perfect presence, the indwelling intelligence. And it is this inner essence, the immortal body of the hidden light, that we truthfully seek union with. This union of the individuated dual self with the complete is the true formation of the, of the philosopher's stone. Spiritual alchemy is the process of transforming an earthly, sensual, nature-matter-formed, less advanced soul personality into a more refined, virtuous, elevated, interdimensional soul personality. Most all major religions have attempted to express this transformation by providing guidelines to assist society in the achievement of this goal and by doing so, influencing a happier and more productive life. Terms such as enlightenment, illumination, and self-realization have been used by mystics to describe this ultimate goal. Mystics from all religions have studied the universal laws to speed up this process, which they believe occurs over many lifetimes. A practical application of spiritual alchemy, I entitled it the revolving door exercise. It's a small experiment where you do what you do with the internal and external experiment. Like when you see something on the side of the road, say, for instance, you leave your house. 
you're going down the road and you hit the highway or whatever, going to work or something in the morning or whatnot, going to Mount Duke's house, and you see something in the middle of the road, you keep driving. You know, you constantly see it, you know. Then you come back home. You go on back home later on in the evening after you get off work, coming back from your mom's house, whatever, friend's house, still there. Kind of see it, but yeah, whatever. Keep moving. Do this three, four days. This thing still is a box of limbs or whatever. It could be anything. Garbage just sitting in the middle of the road. So this this revolving door in that aspect keeps the door smacking us in the face because we are not utilizing the potential of our spirit or the, the light of the intelligence to say, that box is talking to me. Please get me out the middle of the road. I don't belong here. So stop, you know, in the middle of all, you know, stop everything. Stop all that external, that you know, and that internal dialogue. Like, you know, might be on the cell phone or the radio playing. Like, your eyes don't see these things right there in front of us. So stop the car, get it, and move it. This, this is just a practical exercise. That's one of them. But also why I call it a revolving door exercise is because if you open going into a store, out of a store, into a, a house or in a, entering or exiting the house or building, and you notice someone is coming behind you, open the door for them and let them go in front of you. Then go to your car and sit down and watch how many people will start opening the door, especially at a convenience store. If someone is right there at the, at the cash register, and that potential or that, that positive influence that you have produced within that moment of now will initiate a chain reaction or a revolving door of positivity, you know, change in life. Just because you open the door for one person, the next person will open it. And this is like a nigga with, you know, dreads down his back. He smells like Kush, straight from Kush land, you know what I'm saying? And he opens the door for this, this Caucasian or whatnot. That Caucasian got something to take home and think about now. Like, hold on, this nigga opened the door. Yeah, this is little stuff like that. Helping an old lady with the, the grocery, you know what I'm saying, and being nice and polite about it, you know, and not having any type of object, objectivity or, or negativity or negative responses within. Just be like, I'm going to open the door for this man or woman. I'm going to help this person with their grocery. And not trying to get no type of uh, reward out of it. The only reward you will gain is the reward for yourself within your own personal alchemistry of man. You know what I'm saying? So the mental alchemy, the mental energy or the plane of creation, this plane brings order to chaos within the world of co-creation. Visualizations and the law of attraction work in this realm. When connected to this energy, the alchemist directly alters the flow of co-creation. Anything that exists in the physical reality first appears in the field of creation the realm of uh, limited possibilities. When a new idea is conceived into mind, you connect to an energy already existing in the plane of creation. It is associated with the color gold. In the Middle Ages, alchemists sought to transform base metal into gold. They searched for a mysterious substance that was thought to bring about this transformation. But the initiates of the ancient mystery schools often be worked and hid mainly in allegory for the real work of spiritual and mental alchemy. Mental alchemy is the process of transforming the mindset in order to improve life and expand the mind. The greatest aspect of this discipline is that it can produce immediate positive effects in current life, and in most cases, instantly. 
Mental alchemy embodies the removal of the worldview that cripples positive development with uplifting thoughts that are supportive. The truth of the matter is that it is somewhat difficult to change the mindset and its patterns of beliefs. There are three reasons for this. Most people mistake their beliefs to be truth. It's, it's number one. Beliefs operate at the subconscious level is number two because most people are unaware of their subconscious beliefs which are often in fight-or-flight mode with their conscious thoughts. For example, someone may consciously feel the sense of hunger, yet subconsciously they seek fulfillment in the realm of love from the lack of nurturing of a parent or mistreatment from the significant other within personal relationships. Until the belief is made conscious and transformed, it may repeatedly harm the efforts of reaching happiness in life. Uh, that reminds me of I went to the grocery store the other day and I had uh, got something out to, you know, public sex. I think it was some romaine, romaine lettuce, uh, lemons, and um, some Granny Smith apples. And the lady asked me, do you do you eat any real food? Because she, she don't know me, but she know I come in there and I get vegetables treated. So she's like, do you eat any real food? And, you know, I didn't get an attitude, and but I, uh, of course I said, I said, this is real food. <laughs> I mean, on my mind, I'm like, what you mean? Like, I thought the sun made this, you know, that make this realer than that box of food. I ain't going to it like that, though, of course. I'd be like, this is real. And she's like, well, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know, you know, so she was like, well, you know, what you eat for Thanksgiving? Uh, when you go to Thanksgiving and dinner's like that. And I said, well, it depends on what they, they have prepared. She said, well, sure, I got to have my pork. My kittens in my hand on Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving, and I just smiled. I said, "You know, that's all right. That's what's up. You know, you know, and, you know. It's no reason to really get into it like that. Like, you know, chickens gonna kill you. You know, I ain't gonna add nothing on to an ongoing issue. And smile and give us some love and energy and keep moving. Uh, and the third aspect uh, is uh, you see what you believe." The mystical concept behind these resorts is called the law of attraction or like attract life. In the mystical world and now in the world of quantum physics, we know that everything is energy, everything has its own vibration, including the belief. People attract those experiences that match their present patterns of belief. So people get what they believe. So she believed that that pork and that, that uh, where that chitlins and the ham is good and right for it, and that's what she believed. I believe that the romaine lettuce and the limits is right for me, and that's what I believe. So, you know, that's peace. The application of mental alchemy. Uh, so this is something you can do at home. Now, neurologists tell us that the brain doesn't know the difference between what's actually experienced and what's imagined to be experienced. The same electrical patterns are excited between the neurons in the brain whether the information is factual or fictional. The electrical patterns in the brain reflect how we store and process the information, including our beliefs. So in essence, beliefs can be altered simply by using the imagination, our imagination. It doesn't matter whether the belief is true or not. So now, if you will, let's take a personal traumatic experience that are usually reinforced with negative beliefs and transform those patterns of beliefs into a more positive outlook. So what you do is you you find a, a quiet, sacred place where you won't be disturbed for at least 10 to 15 minutes. 
Make sure that none of your senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch, or taste, can be stimulated. Begin by taking a few deep conscious breaths to the lower abdomen like in meditation. The goal is to become as relaxed as possible so as to be able to reach the alpha state. You know, scientists have shown that the alpha state is where we learn new skills and are much easier. It is easier to be able to uh, readjust in this state, in the alpha state. So meditation is perfect for this. So at that point when you get to that level of meditation, you should replay the traumatic event in your mind. Only this time when the situation arises, use the imagination and actually visualize the opposite happening. Visualize something of a higher vibration occurring in place of the lower physical vibration. And remember to stay in the realm of love. Involve all your senses and imagine how it feels to be the hero or the haru. All right, so that's something that, that's some tips and tricks right there. Uh, basically, in psychology, they call it uh, um, childhood regression or uh, traumatic event regression, where you think about something that happened or you think about childhood states and uh, we focus that energy on something positive. So emotional alchemy is the last aspect of um, our chemistry of man. The emotional energy is the soul. It is associated with the color white. Emotional alchemy is the process of adjusting unconscious reactions into conscious responses by transforming superficial negative reactions into a foundation that builds positive responses. In this way, we open the door to grow from all of life's situations and through the experience of truth are able to release the grasp of negative beliefs. Emotional alchemy births the opportunity to take responsibility of our own life and remove those things that may have been holding one back from receiving the mysterious gifts that are about to happen, her air, menage, shots, or higher mindset. There are various areas in which the emotional alchemy process affects. For instance, seeing through our own person our own personalities that we perceive to be true allows us not to personalize the worldview. Because of the fact that the worldview is based on the focus of opinions and aren't are based on focus on the focus of opinions and aren't actually true. The most prosperous virtue of emotional alchemy is inner happiness. When inner happiness is obtained, nothing from the external world will offer any form of resolve because the alchemist now understands that the love that has been found within is far more valuable than all superficial degrees of wealth. So their love becomes more of a sharing than a give-take situation. This gives birth to higher self-esteem, confidence, and the ability to release our ideas about others and ourselves. By way of emotional alchemy and gaining inner happiness, we learn that through acceptance of one's complete self, we are able to modify those parts that are no longer desired. Why does no one admit his feelings? Because he's still deep in them. It's the person who's awakening who recounts his dream, and acknowledging one's feelings is a sign of health. So let us rouse ourselves so, so that we may be able to demonstrate our errors. That's from Seneca. Obstacles to the alchemistry of man process. There are philosophies and concepts that are accepted today that at times block the alchemical process from influencing the lives of men and women. If the door to the transformation of self is found in the union of opposites, male and female, 
that all philosophies and traditions which inhibit the dynamic and divine union of man and woman is an obstacle to our own spiritual development. Once it is understood that all things that exist exist within the divine uh, pattern of male-female energies uniting, then the far-reaching reality of these words begin to become a realization. In other words, the essence of man's search for truth, self, and creator can only be brought about in the atmosphere of the sacred marriage between the two opposing energies of masculine electric and feminine magnetic, which then manifests as the immortal body of the hidden light. And we're not going to have time to get into the last aspect, which is uh, basically entitled, um, I entitled the food alchemy. Um, and that's uh, that's okay though. Start. So I was going to start talking about we're bringing in uh, enzymes. I started out a little bit. Nevertheless, it's your mouth and stomach. You know, not that. Um, enzymes are involved in every single biological function and physiological process in the body, including digestion and metabolism. This is out of a uh, Chinese origin of. No. The complete book of Chinese health and healing by Daniel Reed. I've got four minutes. I'm not going to start because uh, that will it, it just be like teasing you. Part so on that aspect, and, and we just closed out anyway. That was the last part of uh, of uh, of that. So. Well, I'm going to read this right here. All matter holds intention and vibration. Matter is a container, a support structure, and a symbol for transformation for the mind and spirit. When growing, harvesting, cooking, and eating with love, you become nourished on an energetic level. This realm is more subtle than the densely physical aspect of love. This is the mental plane of love where spirit resides, and this is the source of creation. We can access it through the food we eat. Allow food to support the intentions of life and nourish you, your true self, your high self, the all-knowing immortal body of the hidden light. Whether you embrace it or whether you've embraced it yet or not, you are a creator. You have the power to create, mastering the cellular reaction of your inner being to the outside world, to the wonders of the earth is the primary step to mastery. Your body wants to support your creation, but you must support your body, contributing to the divine soul. The body moves towards balance. It must be nourished in its movement towards centering. Once mastering the creation of mind and body and matter and spirit, you become the alchemist, a master in the art of transformation, which is the way of creation. You are embracing the great work. You are the artist creating your life, and you become the opus, the work. You are the creator, the creator of self. As below, so above. As below, so above, so below. That which is below corresponds to that which is above, and that which is above corresponds to that which is below to accomplish the miracles of the one thing. And just as all things have come from this one thing, through the meditation of the one mind, so do all created things originate from this one thing to transformation. And that is out of the Emerald Tablets. All right, so peace and um, blessings. I hope you enjoyed. I know I tend to go off on a tangent sometimes I try not to tonight. So um about to close out. Peace.